0: This rights to Ricky Sanchez rebroadcast is brought to you by LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Big Barker therapeutic dog beds get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. The Colony Meadery the official gluten-free booze made from Honey of the Process and Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code DAVESILVER. Before I get to today's episodes, I will remind you about the Rights to Ricky Sanchez newsletter. Why is this important? Well, aside from the fact that we send you emails every week or so— The people who are subscribed to the newsletter will be the first people who are able to buy tickets for this fall's Live Ricky. It's going to be a big show with a lot of surprises that we'll reveal probably next week when the podcast comes back. But the people who are subscribed to the newsletter are the only ones who will get the password for the pre-sale. Go to WrightsToRickySanchez.com and click on the newsletter link to sign up. doesn't cost you anything. Two episodes today on The Rice of Ricky Sanchez rebroadcast. Why not? The first one comes from September 18th, 2013. It is the time that Mike went and hung out with Spencer Hawes. I don't really remember the details, so it should be a good listen. And the other one comes from immediately after the Sixers traded Michael Carter-Williams. That is February 19th, 2015. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels.
1: We are the murderous pair. that with the jail and we murdered the was there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurting despair. Used to have power to push. Now my smoke power to push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the
2: spotlight. Woo.
0: Woo! If you only had if you only knew how many times we've heard that song already today. Um, welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Thank you for switching over to um, this new feed. Uh, Mike and I appreciate it very, very much. That is Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com. Say hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I am Spike Eskin of uh, of numerous places, of this podcast. Um, Mike, we have a lot to get into today. Um, yeah. Oh, there's a lot. I have You know, the last few weeks on Rights Ricky Sanchez, based on the time of year it is for the NBA, has been a bit of a struggle to find, you know, sort of relevant topics. There are a bunch this week, um, and there's one that tops the list, obviously, the, the Spencer Hawes issue, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I actually have a couple of... Uh, requests and questions as well. Want to give a shout out to um, Phantasource and Paul Weasel who asked for a shout out. Uh, Follow them on Twitter. They just renewed their full season ticket package um, for the Sixers. So they bought tickets to every Sixers game. So there we go. Now, um, if you've listened to the podcast before or if this is your first time, the setup is this. Um, Mike has criticized, and myself, have criticized Spencer Hawes' Um, a lot, both online on the radio for his basketball play. Um, I think we both admire his jackassery on Twitter and think he's sort of a funny guy. But as I mentioned to Mike last time, that might not matter to Spencer that much um, because <laughs> we've been so vicious about his basketball playing. Mike had a ch- Mike visited Seattle. His roommate knows Spencer a little bit, and Mike set off on this journey to hang out with Spencer Hawes while he was in Seattle. Not talk about bas- basketball, just hang out with Spencer Hawes. We asked that people tweet at Spencer and make it happen, um, and that was the last I heard. The last we spoke was your, you were leaving for Seattle, and then the last I saw, I saw a picture of you and Spencer on Twitter. So if you could sort of recap this all for us. I know we've all been waiting, and this is, this is big news.
1: This is great. I, first of all, thanks, everybody all your tweets, and all the hanging with Spencer hashtags. Uh, it happened. I mean, it was just the coolest thing. It was just, it just all of a sudden happened. Let me start, uh, I guess i start with, with the daily. Uh, I was trying to get my roommate, Andrew Sharp, who writes for Grantland, uh, I was trying to get him to text Spencer about this, because I know maybe he's seen the tweets but it doesn't get serious until like he's actually like ha- forced to respond so I was trying to get Andrew to text him well all week and he was sort of reluctant to do it and then finally on the day I left he was like all right I texted him I said hey Spencer you can you can shove him in a trash can or something but you know my boy's gonna be there and he knew he knows who I am uh, because we've been you know you and I and various people on Libby Ballers have been vicious about him, so, you know, his friends or his family or whoever happen to read Libby Ballers and tell him. And so he, he, knows. he knows. He knows who we are, and he knows that we're, uh, we're not fans of his on the basketball court, but he doesn't realize, I don't think, or maybe he didn't realize that we were big fans of him, the
0: person. And, and that would be easy for, for him not to realize that, because, right. you know... Um, because mostly, you know, when, when a guy has that many followers and sees that much stuff, it's, it's and especially when you would, we would imagine ma- the majority of the, the tweets about him, even when you're not tweeting at him or whatever, are Spencer, you know, why can't you guard any? You know, most of it is negative basketball stuff. So it wouldn't, it's not wholly unsurprising that he wouldn't be aware of, of the latter part of that.
1: Right. But I would never tweet as we've discussed on the podcast before, I would never tweet at his handle.
0: Right. You I suck. Yeah.
1: Bender. Right. Yeah, that would be done. Um, but he was under the impression that he had blocked me. And a brief question before, if he blocked me, wouldn't I not be able to see his
0: tweets? Right. Or am I off? Yes. No, you're right. Now, um, now sometimes if you block a guy, you can't see his if he blocks you, you can't even see if somebody retweets him. But I don't think that's the case anymore because um both Buster Olney and Darren Rovell have me blocked and I see the, <laughs> I see the retweets. I one one of my most um my best moments ever, it's on <laughs> com somewhere, is that when Darren Rovell named like his five biggest haters, and I was on the list. I was like, wow. apropos of nothing. I was like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, I, you, yes, if he had blocked you, you wouldn't be able to see his normal tweets.
1: Well, he was under the impression that he, has, he had blocked me. But under, at no point in life have I not been able to go to his page and see all of his fantastic tweets. Right. So... I don't know where the confusion was, but I've never been blocked by Spencer Hawes. He thought that I was moving on. So Andrew texted him, said you can shove him in the trash can, and uh, and I was like, okay. So he was, Andrew was like, he's very noncommittal. Just give it a shot, and you know, we'll see. You'll see when you get there.
0: Did he give you his? Like, did you have the phone number at that point? Like, how? Yeah, yeah.
1: Sharp, and then Sharp gave me his number. Okay. So I, at this point, on a plane to Seattle having Spencer Hawes' number, very excited. Uh, I get there, and I'm staying with my friend from college, and uh, I'm just like, hey, bro. I, I also played it like, you know, I'm the blog nerd, that kind of thing. I wanted to sort of, you know, self-effacing myself, wanted just sort of to endear myself to him so he's not thinking I'm just, like, coming in as, like, a hot shot, like, bro, you want to see me? Because I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in Seattle you know, just sort of repiping what, what Sharp said. And, uh, and, I, he asked like, you know, where where you going and that kind of thing. So we, we talked a little bit about this kind of thing. He, he was like, uh, it's all good, bro. Like I unblocked you. So we're cool. And I was like, I don't know what, I didn't say it, but I'm like, never, never unblocked at one point, at any point in life. So there's, there's this whole unblocking conspiracy. I don't okay. know what's going on. Uh, so over the course of the first night, and this is Friday night, uh, we were talking and, you know, just sort of casual here and there. Like, where are you, you know, what are you doing? Uh, talking about the areas in Seattle a little bit, like a few texts here and there. And, uh, then he was like, uh, bro, you should go to Sean Kemp's bar. Cause Sean Kemp from Seattle owns a bar called Oscars. Uh, which is near where Spencer lives, in, like, this Queen Anne. If, you, if anyone's familiar, with Seattle. It's in, like, the Queen Anne area.
0: Now, real uh, quick, when he says you should go to the bar, is this, do you start, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is going to happen? Does that happen
1: to you at this point? Kind of, but it was already late. <laughs> okay. I was already very drunk. Okay. And I was in the process of wooing a lady. Ah. Oh. So... uh. I talk I talked to him about that. Uh just and he's twenty five, like he's a bro, like that's how it is. Like I so I know how to talk to him because he's like almost everybody else that I know except he you know, has millions of dollars and he's a foot taller than everyone.
0: Yeah. And he really <laughs> loved George Bush.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well we didn't we didn't we didn't get to that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. But uh so the the night ended and then uh I didn't end up seeing him because he got too drunk, stayed in, the, stayed in the area that I was, and he and didn't end up making it out to him. The next morning, he texted me first. Ooh, so you would, well. think that, you would think that this whole thing was about you know, me pestering him and, and dragging him down. No. This was, I, I would say that over the weekend, Spencer texted me more than I texted him. <laughs>
0: This is, that's the line right there. This is what, this, I I imagine on some level, he was like, you know, it's different. When you actually meet somebody that that hates you online, there's like a... It's a weird thing for both people, right? Because mm-hmm. like it's normally a humbling thing for the hater because the hater realizes, oh, which you already realize, but it's even more when you're actually talking to him. It's like, "Oh man, this is actually a real person." You know, it's yeah. like that walls breaking down. But even for the hatee, the hatee also realizes, "Oh man, like I'm not that mad." You know, like I don't want yeah. this guy to think that I hate him. Like there's this, there's so many walls as as I've done it before, like yeah. a bunch of times. It's a weird Um, and mostly as the Haiti, um, it's a weird sort of bit, um, that happens. But I remember when I I told, I spoke in a previous podcast when I was talking about Maurice Spates' defense and he took offense and I actually met him in person. It was like that sort of like, ah, you know, we're just talking about basketball. This is not that deep sort of, sort of thing. So he, he probably wanted you to know as well, like that he's not that hurt. By anything either, so
1: I don't um, think he had an agenda. Yeah, I I don't. I don't think at any point Spencer had an agenda. I think it was like, oh, just like see what's up kind of thing. Yeah. So, so he texted me the next morning. I was gonna wait because I didn't wanna. I didn't want to think I was, you know, dependent on him. I was. I was basically gonna wait for another a couple hours and just like sort of say, hey, what's up? What's up for tonight?
0: You were treating this like a girl. Like I was
1: treating this like a girl. Like like he was a girl. and my friends were were very aware that I was video. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he texted me this morning, and this is the text I get, and I, I, I'm not going to repeat any of other, any of the other texts that he sent because I feel like that's inappropriate. But this one uh, said, "Did you get any Tang last night?" Which <laughs> <laughs> Was just
0: yeah. excellent. Yeah. Everything. So I, that's such a Spencer, Imagine Spencer text, too.
1: <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It really is. It was perfect. I loved it. Uh, laughed for a while. Uh, and so we talked over, over the course of the day, and uh, I was like, um, talked to him about, I was like, actually, I'm at this uh, bar called Pesos. This is before I knew where he lived. And I had apparently gone to a restaurant bar uh, down the street from his house without realizing. Uh, and it was also, also in the same like area as, as uh, Sean Kemp's bar, but I also didn't know that at the time either. Uh, so I'm, I'm having breakfast with my friend Jesse and my friend Kevin, who I was, Kevin is the one I went up to Seattle with. And uh, really good Dungeness crab, eggs Benedict, by the way, just... Putting that out there. Okay. So, go get it. It's delicious. I had it twice. Um. So, so we're there, we're eating, and then, uh, we leave. And he texts me saying, "I'm at the North Wall," and I was like, "I don't know what that." I was so kind of, like, We were walking to my, walking to the car, so I was like, oh, "I'll just get in a bit." And he's like, and then he texts me again, "By the bar," and I was like, "Wait, is he there?" And as I'm thinking about that. He called me.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So I'm sitting there with a ringing phone. My phone, my ringtone is uh, Sufjan Stevens. So all of a sudden Sufjan is playing to tell me that Spencer Hawes is calling me on the phone. And I'm just like, I'm looking around like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and so I, so, so I answer and just sort of like, what's up, bro? Like that like, sort of like... You know, we've talked before. Yeah, but this. I'm, like, I'm this, like, it's pleasant to hear from him, that kind of thing. Yeah. And in, like, very deep voice, like, to the point where it was like, if he putting on a, an axe? His voice is so deep. Uh, <laughs>
0: he sounded like he was a kidnapper in a TV show <laughs> that is calling the cops. You're in the bridge all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, and, and suddenly my voice got higher. Yeah. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> So, um, so he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, he- I'm here," or something along those lines. It's just like being here and whatever. So we were walking to our car. We were two blocks away. I was like, "Oh, I'll circle go back." So, me, Jesse, and Kevin turn around, walk back. They're not basketball fans at all, so they don't get it. They're not. They're not sure what's happening. Like they, they don't care about Liberty Ballers there. So they're just like, "Okay, we're about to go meet a tall guy," and uh, I'm sort of skipping there. Like high stepping, like just like it's already celebratory. Like this yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. I text. I text Dave Ruder and Tanner Stidell saying, "This is happening right now. <laughs> this is about to happen."
0: For those who don't know, by the way, uh, Dave Ruder and Tanner are writers for Liberty Ballers. So just just and filling al- in. Really and
1: up. also uh, on the very inner circle of the shenanigans of me and Spencer. Right.
0: We take a break from this Ricky Reeb broadcast to talk to you about one of our sponsors, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. This is important. It's very important. It's important because we love our dogs. I love my dog. You've heard me talk about Rebel. You've heard Rebel a bunch of times. It's important to take care of them. That's why a real bed like a Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Bed is important. Think about If you slept on the hard floor all night now imagine the difference if you slept in a real bed if you slept on a hard floor you'd wake up you'd be stiff your joints would hurt if you slept in a real bed like you do you feel good in the morning now think about your dog you have them sleep on that cheap dog bed it's like sleeping on the floor then when they get older they develop arthritis dogs over 50 pounds up to 80 percent of them develop arthritis then they feel even worse. That's why Big Barker is so important. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky to get your Big Barker dog bed with the free Ricky upgrade, a cover on it tastefully embroidered with the rights to Ricky Sanchez logo. A proper mattress promotes enhanced energy and mobility levels in older dogs, reduces wear and tear on younger dogs. Very, very important. Engineered by experts to keep dogs youthful for longer and brings older dogs back to their best 10 year warranty the foam will not flatten or they will replace it for free a 365 day at-home trial if you don't love it they will refund your money and pay for shipping themselves it is handmade in the usa it is great and i know it because rebel sleeps on one and it's just quality Um, and run by a process truster that is eric so, right now, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Now, back to the Ricky rebroadcast.
1: Uh, so, we walk in, and, you know, it wasn't hard to identify where he was, because he's seven feet tall. Yep. He's sitting at the bar. His back is to me.
0: Can I I just want to throw this out there real quick. Um, okay. having I have my picture. I met Spencer at a... Um, like in a non-basketball setting at like a Sixers season ticket thing at the Camden Aquarium once, and I had my picture with him. And you really can't describe what somebody who is seven feet tall like looks like unless you stand next to somebody who is seven feet tall. Like you yeah. can imagine it, but seven feet tall people are – bananas tall and I'm not even talking about like 6'10 people like I remember standing next to Baty and Spencer Hawes and just being like like when he puts his hand on your shoulder and you can see it in the picture It is look like, it looks like grown man and child like it doesn't yeah. the difference is it's a stark difference you know so continue I'm sorry
1: well, well Brandon Brandon Gowden who also who oh runs, right yeah he's uh, tall with, too he's 6'10 Yeah. so we're I, I guess that was my, pre- my preparation of you know meeting him a couple months ago this is, this is the culmination of that. So his back is to me. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm wearing, okay, so you can't tell in the, in the, in the picture, but I'm wearing pink pants, which I felt was pretty perfect at the time, uh, and a black T-shirt and, uh, and, like, hipster sunglasses that I got from my college senior week, like, years ago. So I'm as I'm walking up, I'm like I'm very conscious of like what I look like and who I am and stuff. And I'm like I don't think he thinks that I look like this. I'm a normal-looking guy, and I like play. I'm reasonably athletic-looking, so like I'm not some I don't think some idea of mother, mom's basement-looking guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas you look like you've never seen the sunlight.
0: Well, um, wait a minute.
1: I uh, was just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm very conscious of myself as I'm like, what? what maybe he's not going to like these pants. But that's my like yeah. thought. I was going up was like, What is, what is he going to say about these pants?
0: Again, we're still on the, you know, this is like meet like a girl that you that exactly, you want exactly. to date. Yeah, yeah.
1: Couldn't be any more like a girl. Uh, so I, I had a condom on me too, just just in case things, <laughs> things escalated. You never know. Already no, on. Unprepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's already on. Oh uh, man. That's awful. So uh, I'm yeah. walking up and uh he's sitting with two other guys, one of whom is uh I can tell is uh my roommate Andrew, his friend. So I was already like okay, like I already have I'm like there's a connection already happening. So I walk over, he's got a huge margarita in front of him. It's like ten thirty in the morning on a Saturday. Which is great. Yeah. And uh I just like sort of clasped him on the back and uh and turned and like, it's Mike and he was like, What's up, bro? So shook hands, introduced him to my friends, uh you know, met his friends kind of thing and he was kinda of looked at me started like nodding be like, So? And so we just like we talked for like, ten minutes and it was really like uh not hostile at all. Yeah. Uh very uh, minimally about the Sixers. Uh, probably a little,
0: probably a little awkward.
1: I imagine. Not really? No. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It was just kind of like you know, meeting a, meeting an old friend at a bar. He wasn't. He didn't say anything about like like he didn't comment on Liberty Ballers. He didn't say anything right. about me ribbing him on Twitter. Right. Uh, it was just like like we, we like we've been. Ten pounds for years, and finally he was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, that kind of thing. He said, <laughs> I invited him uh, to whenever he's in L.A. to, to, to like, come to, come over. And this is the only sort of, like, this is the only hostile thing he said. Uh, and I don't think it was conscious. I think it was just, like, he has so much money, then why would it? But I was like, if you ever want to, like, swing by my apartment, like, in L.A., just let me know. We're in Santa Monica. Like, you can meet Sharp because he's, he's met him before. And he's like, "I'm good, bro." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, because <laughs> okay. uh, cause I was also talking to his friend. His name is CJ, uh, and I was like, "Yes." Yeah. And CJ was like, "Yeah, totally." And Spencer was just like, "I'm good." Like, definitely not going to happen. Uh, but I do think the door is left open for when when they're here, when the Sixers are here, uh, over the course of the season. Maybe I'll just shoot him a text and be like, "Where are you going out?" kind of thing, and sort of.
0: Make that happen. Yeah. Well, at least you'll get another I'm good, bro. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, but I think, it was, I think it was
1: worth extending the office.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's success, right? I mean, so let me ask you this, and, and you can say it. Um, you know, you, we've talked a lot about the difference between being a blogger guy and being beat reporter guy. Um, and one of the things that I've mentioned a bunch of times is that it's it's a little different. And this is this was actually, I think, what was difficult for um, why Kate Fagan's life when she was here wasn't particularly easy all the time is because she was super, super, super honest when she wrote, which meant ripping a coach, ripping some players, not ripping them as they're bad people, but being very critical. Um, sure. A lot of the other beat writers for all the, the sports in this city um, can be – can be less than critical, I'd say. Um, especially I, for, they're critical of the Eagles, but not so critical of Phillies, Flyers, Sixers. I mean, well,
1: what, I think you look at like Mack and Mack does some critical stuff. And
0: yeah, I guy. guess, but n- certainly not to the level of any blogger person, I don't think. Right. Gelb's a good writer. Uh, uh, like, uh, it's not that he's a good, like, I'm not critiquing, I'm not criticizing what kind of reporter you they can't are. can't
1: do it. it, it's tough yeah. to
0: do it. Yeah. So now that you have um, spent even minimal time with him, which I imagine is like the first like, uh, you know serious sixers player that you've actually spent actual time with, you know, like is it going to be more when he's really shitty in a game this year, and he will be, at some point really shitty um, and be very Spencer Hawes about it? I'm sure he'll have a few great Steve Hawes type games, but he'll, have, yeah. he'll, he'll go back to Spencer. Like, are you going to be able it'll be more difficult for you to be as negative as you were before, I would imagine, right?
1: I would say yes under the circumstances, under any under normal circumstances, but because we are rooting so hard for the Sixers to lose and be bad and, and I just have no stake in what the season is because no matter what I root for or what I want to happen, they're going to be terrible. Uh, I'm just going to be along for the ride and having a great time. So if Spencer's having a great game or having a terrible game, I'm going to be enjoying it, I think. Um, so, I yeah. think because, because it's a tanking season, or you know just a loss season in general, I don't think there's going to be that much where I'm like, you know, in the Celtics series, watching him just leave Garnett wide open from 15 feet and if he keeps getting shot after shot after shot. I didn't bring that up to him either. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. But, uh, yeah.
0: Hey, bro, why couldn't you even ca- guard Brandon Bass, bro? He's <laughs> terrible. Brandon Bass, l- really?
1: Well the release. In the league. Yeah. he was getting off clean shot. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think under the circumstances, yeah, I, that would make a difference. But because this season is just going to be, you know, me running naked through a field, I'm not uh, that invested in his play.
0: I do so. think within the context of one particular game, it's 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 easy to say that you're not that invested. But over 82 games, I feel like—and I'm not saying that you, you will or you won't. This is just my guess. But I think— over eighty two games, it becomes difficult to continue to watch if you don't at least become um, like sort of invested in each game, even when you want them to lose really sometimes like the natural fan thing takes over, and even when you want them to lose you you start wanting them to win, or it becomes frustrating when somebody's not doing what they should do um now maybe him less than say. Uh, MCW or Noel or somebody that you have or no- Noel that somebody that you have like expectations of. Like you, you don't have right. any expectations of Spencer, but I do think it will be interesting when he is just killing you one game. Um, how that you know how you handle that? Um, I
1: think I think it's be really fun. Yeah, but uh, the picture happened, and so this is so we we talking for ten minutes, and there's college football on, and Margarita's happening and my friends were talking to him as like we were talking to other people, so it was, it was really just like, it wasn't like I went up to him and it was me and him just having like a showdown. It was just like, there's six people here and we're all just kind of having a conversation and Spencer's there and we're talking about whatever. He stays in Philadelphia for workouts and it was super hot. Uh, uh, he said something about Brett Brown for a second uh, that I actually can't repeat it. I don't want to. Um, and it was... It was cool. It was, it was a normal conversation. And then I was like, I, I didn't want to, you know, bother him too much because they had food coming.
0: But you're like, hey, by the way, I need proof of this.
1: Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> so you want to take a picture? And he was like, "And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 we definitely have to immortalize this. That's uh, what he said. He, we got to immortalize this. So go. I think that was him realizing, like, that, like, the whole time he was sort of like giving me a smile, like, I know what you say about me, asshole.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But he didn't say it. And then when he said that we got to immortalize this, like it was just another like he knows, he knows this is a big deal. (laughs) I think, which is cool. Like he's not just like I'm just some other fan. Uh, He knows this is is a big deal, and that people are gonna laugh about this. Uh, So we took took a couple pictures, and uh, it was tough to get both of us in the frame he's a, he's a big guy because he was sitting down the whole time so I don't think my friends realized quite how big he was yep. and then when he gets up he just like unrolled himself <laughs> like he just he just sort of, like was folded in half and it's like oh he's double that size and all of a sudden he just kept going up and up and it's like oh it's seven feet that's what it looks like uh and
0: and you're, just, s- like, you know, and you're still wearing the condom right now I'm
1: still wearing the condom I asked if I should take if I should take it off and he said no protection is probably a better idea uh <laughs> He puts he puts we just like you know we just grabbed each other. it was just like we've been boys forever i grab, I, I grabbed his waist, he grabbed my shoulder uh that's for we're about the same size, and uh took some pictures, shook some hands uh smiled uh we told him we we would try to hang out tonight, and we did try to hang out uh the rest of the time, but uh it just didn't work out. I was angling um the first night we stayed at uh at my friend Jesse's house, but then she had a concert the next night. So Kevin and I were sort of uh, stray cats for the for the second night. So we were kind of planning on making some friends or meeting some girls. Or I was kind of angling uh, angling for Spencer to sort of offer us uh, a place to crash. Uh, <laughs> not that I was saying it outright, but I was just sort of like that was my. That was like the subtext of of my conversation with of, with him via Texas being like not was sure, <laughs> like that kind of thing, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, but it it was town, and we we texted a bunch, and uh, he he asked me a couple things the next day about. Cause I went back to pesos, uh, which is where I met him. Hope well to watch football because Kevin's a Chargers fan, and obviously I'm an Eagles fan, so we watched the Eagles Chargers game there, and I was a Texas fan, so that we were. Back there, like it's not a bad place to nurse a hangover, sort of playing it light, not sort of saying, hey, come over, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can work a girl, Spike. I think <laughs> I know how to be subtle. Uh, so, but he, I was hoping also that he would say, oh yeah, come up to my place to watch the game, that kind of thing, because he had said he'd been, I asked him what he was doing for the games, and he was like, yeah, we we'll us try to watch it my house. And uh, I was hoping he'd invite us, but he didn't. Uh, not to, I mean, not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> we're strangers. So uh but it didn't happen and uh text him my last text was like, actually he he said something asking about whatever and I was like, actually we're heading out blah 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 and he didn't respond. That was the last one he didn't respond to. He was like, Okay, he's gone, like this this is over. So it was very much like a one night stand sort of thing and he's uh so He's out of my life now,
0: so... Believe it or not, um, and unbeknownst to you, um, I was able to plant a secret microphone on Spencer Hawes after the meeting. Um, okay. Now, it's down by his waist, so it <laughs> sounds like he's off mic, but he was recording his podcast. Um, wow. And I thought you'd like to hear what he had to say. Please. So this guy comes out of his, his, his mom's basement... And this pussy is wearing pink pants. Pink pants.
1: <laughs> that was all. Yeah, that's a good podcast. Was that? Is that the rights to Eden Baptist? Yeah,
0: it's the rights to Darius uh, <laughs> Um So, well, that's an incredible story. I'm glad that you and uh, you and, and Spencer got to press the flesh uh, yeah, in, in it, more I ways was, than one.
1: It was weird because uh, after right after we met, I tweeted. Uh, in all caps, like guys, 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 guys. Yeah. Picture, and I don't know how you saw it. Someone must, maybe his friend, linked it to him or whatever. Because again, I don't, I didn't use his handle because um, I didn't like really want him to see it. I don't know. It was just sort of like, you know, it's weird because we just met and had a normal conversation, and then I go on Twitter yeah. and flip out about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, in the same way that, uh, not in the same way, but Angelo Cataldi is not the persona that he is in the morning and I imagine your dad to some extent is not the persona that he is when he's doing his shtick Uh, I do online you know I'm like a sensationalized version of myself basically uh... Although, if anyone's met me, it's really not that sensationalized. Most of the time, it's really actually how I well, can talk.
0: I tend to think it's it's what it is is it's only things that you set like that you would say on purpose. I, I I I was I tried to explain this once. Is that like when you're around somebody, it's not only the per the, their personality isn't just only things that they say that are funny or poignant or informative. It's other things. So like what you get online is not like. Um. Hey, did you see so and so? Or hey, how you doing? Like, there's no. It, it's only like the top. You know what I mean? It's only. It's only one aspect of them. Normally, it's it's that person. It's you know what I mean. It's but there's no like there's no nuance to it. Or or the nuance is created. It's it, it's definitely not an entire person. It's interesting. There's this um. There's a a BBC show, uh, not BBC America, just regular BBC called Black Mirror. And uh, it's like a Twilight Zone show about technology and the future or something. I think there's only like six episodes. But uh, a Twitter follower uh, sent them to me. So I watched them, and there's one about a woman whose uh, fiance dies. And there's a company that can basically take a, um, create like a voice to call you of that person who died based on everything that they've said online. So, it takes like all of their Facebook, all of their Twitter, wow. and basically creates this. So, this woman has this, like, you know, her boyfriend who just died in a car crash, basically, like a computer generated version of this guy calls her. So, she has this relationship, like, she's talking to him, and, and like it's startling at first, but then it's comforting to her. So, then for like this extra, like 25 grand, they will send you like a robot version of this person who looks like the person acts like the person, so on and so forth. So eventually, after a few weeks, she gets, like, really angry and frustrated at it because the guy won't ever get mad and won't ever, like, doesn't ever get upset because the the creation of this person, because it was only what they were online like, didn't have those aspects to it. So there was, like, no temper, there was no sadness, there was no any of this. And it's sort of like, I guess it spoke to the person that you create online is a lot of what you are, but it, it isn't a lot of what you are as well, I
1: think. So. My per- my personal online would just be manic. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be rough. I would not want to robot, robot and, me online.
0: And mostly only care about basketball and how I met your mother
1: yeah yeah i' have no I have no other interest <laughs> so well, there you go um well,
0: amazing story that's a great story um that that there was a, a, it was I th- and i think it was worth every second that we spent on it um I'd like to if if you'd like in our final you know twenty minutes or so speed through some of the other things that happened this week in sixers land.
1: Yeah. You I mean and we know and we know that things are gonna happen today because things only happen in a few hours after this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they'll sign they'll sign some other shitty guard that can't shoot um immediately. And, and I'll get
1: very excited about it. Yeah.
0: Darius Morris. Woo! Well, speaking of Darius Morris, one of the things that I wanted to um that I wanted to mention that there is a an excellent Liberty Ballers post on is they're doing NBA rank again ranking the 500 best NBA players 1 to 500 as voted on by the ESPN staff and the aforementioned Dave Dave uh Reuter do I say or Reuter Reuter Reuter? Reuter. uh Dave Reuter wrote a uh, hilarious piece on this on Liberty Ballers they have just debuted so far 375 to 500 but it is hilarious and fitting how many players the Sixers have in between 400 and 500. Like it is, it's shocking. And we're talking guys that all might be on the roster. Like not this, not like, not like joke guys or guys invited to camp. Like, you know, um,
1: this is... Rodney Williams is an old man.
0: No, no. But um, so at number 500, and I'm sure this speaks more to he ain't going to play, so they think, rather than, and they haven't seen him play in the NBA. Um, and haven't seen him play really at all for a year and a half. Uh, It doesn't speak to talent, per se. Number 500, of course, is Royce White. Um, Right? I mean, you know, I guess they don't think he's going to play, and I I guess that seems reasonable. Number 494, a a guy... By the way, two guys on this list I forgot were on the Sixers, and this is one of the guys, is Tim Albrecht. Timmy O. Um, Number 466, um, a guy who... May or may not be on the Sixers this year, if you ask Jake Pavorsky, and his Google Translate is <laughs> is Arslan uh, Kazemi. Um There is the there is a, a a loosely translated story that of him saying that he might be playing in Iran, um, and we
1: we've had people from Iran come out of the woodwork and say, "Hey, next time, just ask me to translate it, and we'll do that for you." And I was like, I had no idea there were people from Iran that.
0: Well, hoops hype does that all the time. By the way, they'll, they'll they'll tweet out, "Hey, does anyone know this language? Can you translate it?" And within yeah. five seconds, they're always like, "Okay, we got it." Like, so yeah, it might, might be a good time next time. A good idea next time to do that. Um, number four fifty, which it's hilarious that he ranks above three other Sixers, is Kwame Brown. God
1: bless his heart.
0: Four twenty nine, uh, two guard of the future, James Anderson.
1: So much upside, so little time.
0: <laughs> Four twenty. Um, another guy who can't shoot. Um, but uh, I, I was speaking to Ike Reese is a, a Lakers fan and a Michigan State fan. So as uh, a Michigan State fan, saw Darius Morris play for Michigan, and as a Laker fan, saw him play for the Lakers. Had positive things to say about Darius Morris, at least defensively. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think I think he's. While I don't trust anything about Ike Reese's basketball knowledge. Uh, I am excited about Darius Morris, backup point guard. I think that's 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 exactly what you want.
0: Uh, excited about this, is is a funny thing to say, but um.
1: What? What are Sixers? Yeah, this is Sixers. What yeah. else am I going to be excited about? This is this is it. This this is the good stuff. This is the this is the eccentricities of this year's Sixers that we have to fall in love with because that's what it's going to be all year. It's going to be Darius Morris.
0: This is and the year. I, this I is the year that, that you define suck as eccentricity. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixers don't suck, they're eccentric.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they're very eccentric.
0: Um and they revealed 375 to 400 and while there are no official Sixers on it, I feel like th- at 395 is an honorary Sixer. Um and I'm sure will be a Sixer at some point this year. Royal Ivy.
1: Royal Ivy.
0: Um other uh, news. Yeah, anything to say about the Sixers having Perhaps six roster players? Almost half of their 14 players ranked between 400 and 500 on NBA rank.
1: Well, I've been talking to some sources, and there's actually the, uh, there's some, the beginnings of the Sixers changing their name to the Philadelphia 400s.
0: <laughs> Maybe that'll be their other D-League team.
1: That'll be the other one. No, it's, it's 76ers, 87ers, and like 436. This is, the is sevens, I don't know where they're
0: going. Although it isn't officially Sixers news anymore, it is of note for a Sixers podcast, I feel like. The story out of Sam Amico at Fox Sports Ohio is that, surprise, surprise, Andrew Bynum is nowhere near ready to play what? Will likely miss the entire preseason. No. But the hope is, is that maybe he can play in some early, um, early regular season games. And here is my favorite part of this story. The Cavs, don't panic, because the Cavs do have a timetable for his return.
1: Wait, there's actually, he says the words timetable. Sam does, yeah. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, it was so... Reminiscent. I mean, it's exactly... The only difference is they sort of knew ahead of time more... Like, like, I'm sure Cavs fans were more prepared for this to happen, but I don't know if you can really be prepared for the... Like, it's the same words. It's the same it's words.
1: The, it's the same words. He's not going to play. He has arthritis in his knees. He'll play maybe a few games, if that. And he'll just be hurt the whole season and then never play an NBA game again. Yeah. That's it. And it's like I, they're, they're, they have, you know, so much. We had so much hope for him, and we were, all, we were already talking about, you know, max contract after the season. All he have to do is play a little bit. Um, so because they signed him for such a smaller deal, it's sort of like we get it. Like, they get it. But then you know, the numbers sort of fade away and you look at your roster and you keep seeing Andrew Bynum and you're just like, Man, if Bynum's healthy and then you do the and you play the if Bynum's healthy game and do that dance. And uh it's just slowly suffocating. And now we're watching another another team and another franchise do the exact same thing.
0: I think th- You know, for for Cavs fans, it's almost like I was talking this morning about why I don't play the lottery. The reason I don't play the lottery is because no matter how much I know that the odds of me winning are very, very small, after I buy the ticket, I can't help but convince myself that I actually have a legitimate chance of winning. You start spending the money in your head, what would I do? You know, Even if you're joking... Like, it's hard in your heart to not say, well, you know, I buy a, buy a short house and blah, 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 you know, all these things. Even if, mm-hmm. if intellectually, you know, it's not true. You know, you're not always thinking that way. And I think the thing for Cavs fans is probably like, you know, and who knows? I, I don't know how, because they've been beaten so senseless over the last five years. Is You know, who knows how they think? But you have to imagine that even though they knew they were taking a chance that probably wouldn't come through, that there was a lot of, like, well, imagine if he does play and LeBron and blah, yeah. dee, blah, dee, blah. So I sort of feel for them in that respect.
1: No, it's a bummer because, you know, the the point of being a fan is so you can hope that your team wins and hope that good things happen for them. And so part of that is, you know, oh, you sign one of the best centers in the league. I hope he's healthy. And then you start convincing yourself, okay, so when Bynum's healthy, you start doing the win and start the if. And it's just like, no, man, like, it's not happening. You you took a flyer on them, and it's not going to work. So just sort of forget about it. But, you know, having been there all last season and sort of been having just jerked around by the media, not that it was the media's fault, but just reporting on what was, the pictures were kind of giving them. Um, it sucks, man. It's the worst. And uh, people this season, coming into the season, and when and when they got him it was like arthritis was not mentioned in almost any of the articles he's that's like he's gone out and said it in various articles various quotes uh reports et cetera uh arthritis has been talked about, but then in almost all of the calves related articles from this off season it's just like well, if he can get it right and 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 really get out there and and it's like if he's healthy, it's not. They're not talking about, like, it's forever. Like, forever.
0: And the the thing, too, is that, you know, uh, even by midseason, even, honestly, three-quarters of the way this season, people would tweet me, like, about this year's roster and say, okay, if we can sign so-and-so and we have a healthy Bynum, and I'm just like, whoa, yeah, the, whoa, the leap you just took there. Yeah. You're talking about a guy who has not even practiced once. so if they if Sixers fans who were that scarred by the whole thing were unable or unable rather to to realize the imp- the impossibility of him playing i can imagine that Cavs fans are you know are not even close to giving up hope yet you know th- i mean no. this is a story that isn't going to go away quickly if the Cavs were smart honestly like if if because I, I think there are a lot more people that are more convinced about their roster at this point than i am at this point um I would just cut in. Like, I wouldn't even want that that thought in, in my head. I would just... I would cut bait now, you know? I, that's what I would do, but who knows what they'll do. I'm, I'm I scarred. Think, I think
1: it. it... I don't think it's worth cutting him, because on the off chance... At least it does, you know... On the off chance he does play, for so whatever that's worth, uh, then that's a couple... You know, that's a bunch of tickets if he ever does play a couple games, even. Um... And, you know, they already signed him, there's no real, he's not, he's not a, he's not bringing bad publicity to your team, you know, he's not going out and like, you know, robbing someone or say, saying bad things, and he's just sort of there, you just, you just really want to blend him into the background, you really just don't want to address him at all, actually like he's not there, you know, train with him and do whatever it is that you think is going to get him to a point where he's playing basketball. And then when he's about to play, like the night before, just be like, okay, he's playing.
0: Yeah, and then that's but, it.
1: But, yeah, don't. You learn from how terrible it was at the Sixers last year. Don't do the same thing. Right now it seems like they're going to do the same thing.
0: And honestly, I, would t- I know this sounds silly and it doesn't matter, but I would honestly ask him, hey, if you're going to come to the games, could we cool it on, like, the different hairstyle every time bit and like do whatever you could do to stay out of like out of like to prevent yourself and us from looking like a joke take a break from this ricky rebroadcast to talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors our original sponsor the man that is ll pavorsky 94 rings engagement ring sold to rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast listeners since LL has been a sponsor that is unbelievable for so many reasons not the least of which that 94 of you have found somebody to spend the rest of your life with. I I can't believe it. I know Mike can't believe it either. Going on right now is really, really, really big-time sale. It is the summer cabana sale for L.L. Pavorsky. Everybody knows about it. He really has two times a year where there's a sale. There is the holiday party, and there's the summer cabana sale. It goes until August 15th, a select group of fine jewelry, Thirty-three to seventy-five percent off. Even an engagement ring or two in there. Go to the LL Pavorsky Jewelers website, the Facebook page, or Twitter for the first look. Actually, on the website, I think he's got almost all of the items listed up there. They go quick. This sale is legit. So if you see something you like, do not wait. Add. If you want to get an engagement ring, do not just go in there cold. I think the best thing to do is to reach out to LL so he knows what you want. He's going to know what you're going to want to spend. He's going to know the sort of ring you're going to want to buy. Then when you walk in there, he rolls out the red carpet. He has everything set up for you. Give him a call. Send him an email. 215-627-2252. Or uh, the stores at 707 Walnut. You can just email him. Go to com, or even tweet him. And for every podcast, LL makes generous donations to Coded by Kids and the Providence Animal Center. LL Pavorski Jewelers. Mike puts in the line here. Now back to the Ricky Rebroadcast. You know, like, because if you're playing and you're doing the hair thing, it's one thing. But, like, if you're not playing and, like, you know— and like you're making a joke out of it, and you're drawing attention to yourself, and you're like you're playing Papa Shot in the arcade, and all these things that see that seemingly seem, you know, that like they don't matter. They will matter, especially if the 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 Cavs start out six and ten, you know, and Bynum's there with like braids one day and half braids the next day, and the and the famous picture with him with that only one side afro. Which I still look at every time I post an Andrew Bynum story on C B S Philly because it comes up in my Andrew Bynum search. So I think it's important for him to realize how damaging bad publicity can be for the team, you know, especially a young team that that I think uh, you know, is building towards something next yeah. year. You know, they want to sign somebody big next year. If it's not LeBron, they want to sign somebody. So
1: Yeah, and they're and they're they got a good base there. I, I, I love I love everything they're doing in Cleveland, don't get me wrong. But uh, they just got kind of I I don't want to talk about buying them anymore. This okay.
0: All right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Last couple of quick hits here. Um. This was sort of funny. David Stern was in Philadelphia for yeah. a for a, a conference and said, and you know what the hell else is he going to say? Somebody asked him about tanking and the Sixers, and he said yeah. that he hopes the Sixers make the playoffs and uh, that they're not in the lottery this year and they don't have a chance at Andrew Wiggins. Take a break from this Rights to Ricky Sanchez rebroadcast to talk about our favorite lawyer sponsor, our only lawyer sponsor, that is Kornblau and Kornblau, the official law firm of the process, led by our friend Adam Kornblau, the official lawyer of the process. First of all, Kornblau trusts the process. He's been with us from day one. He had season tickets all the way back to the Sean Bradley era. He uh he has and he's been a process truster since uh, it began. So he has been one of us. Second thing, this place is legit. Cornblow and Cornblow is the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. In the Delaware Valley, been there since the '80s. It was started by his parents. He, ha- his father, passed away, and so now he runs the law firm with his mom. They have gotten some of the biggest and best results for anyone for personal injury. Uh, cases in the Delaware Valley over the last 30 years when they've been around. They'll handle all sorts of personal injury, but their specialty is medical malpractice. But like I said, all sorts of personal injury, whether it is injured at work, um, a car accident, drunk driving, slip and fall, whatever it is, Adam Kornblau has your back. And here's the great thing. A lot of these personal injury law firms, you call them up and they're really just referral services. So you call them up, you're not really getting that law firm. They'll just send you to someone else. When you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you get a Cornblow. I have been through a personal injury lawsuit. It is a long, arduous process to have a lawyer that you trust, that you can believe in, that is not only going to get you the best results, but is going to keep you completely informed along the way. is very important. I'm telling you. These things can take a couple of years, a few years. You want somebody you can trust in your corner. That is Adam Kornblau. If you think you might have a case, give him a call or shoot him an email. It doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200 and ask for Adam or email Kornblau at Kornblau and Kornblau.com. The Cornblow is spelled with a K. The and is spelled out A and D. and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Now back to the podcast. And I just thought, you know, what else is he going to say? But yeah, no, there's nothing else he could say. Yeah, but it's still sort of funny. Um, you know, when they're one in one in twenty-six, I, I, we should have that quote be, you know, the headline. I, I want to try to get the audio of it so we can play it.
1: <laughs> yeah, please. Um, no, I. I it seems like, and maybe it's because we're paying more attention to it this year, but it seems like they're really trying to, maybe not crack down, but there's, there's more like, people are frowning upon what the Sixers are doing more than, say, what the Bobcats were past couple of years. It's like, because the Sixers are so good at it and not, they don't have, it's not like they're signing old shitty players that like you know, you hope are good. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean. Like the Bobcats The bobcats never had, didn't have like a young uh, base of players. Like they just had like their shitty guys that they had. I mean, they had Matt Carroll. Like yeah. That's that was the idea. Uh, the Sixers are better at being bad than they are because they're trying to clean house and get to the get to a freeing start from start from the beginning basically the bobcats weren't starting from the beginning other teams that have sucked didn't start from the beginning this the sixers was better at it so because the Sixers are actually like doing it with a plan and this is the idea uh... i think you know stern and various other nba outlets charles barkley uh... Is, are, are very, like, aware of the Sixers tanking and, like, sort of looking at it with a grimace more this year than, than I've ever seen in the past.
0: Final note, because I only have a few minutes before I have to get out of the studio, but final note, the list of the 400 richest people in the United States came out and, by Forbes, and there are 32 sports owners on that list, 33, actually, sort of, but 33 majority sports owners on that list. Uh, 12 of them are NFL. Um, There is only one Philadelphia sports owner on the Forbes 400, and I'd like to congratulate Joshua Harris um, on being the only Philadelphia sports owner ranking as one of the 400 richest people in America. He ranks 222 with a net worth of $2.5 billion. Not bad. Impressive. More is that in 2010, he was worth 1.3 billion dollars. So he has doubled his net worth. We're not talking about going from 1,000 to 2,000 dollars. <laughs> doubled his net worth uh, in the last three years. There's actually another Sixers owner on the list. Number 243, a Sixers minority owner, Michael Big Rubin. Really
1: no, oh, I was thinking
0: Will Smith. No, I, he can't have billions of dollars. You got to be a billionaire to be on this. Oh, thing. he
1: he hi, he hides his money. He's got
0: that Independence Day money. Um, yeah.
1: Michael uh,
0: Michael Rubin, who lives in is from Bryn Mawr, comes in at two forty three with a net worth of two point three billion. I think it was an, interesting to note the richest sports owner on the list is Paul Allen, who is another sports owner who owns teams in different cities in different leagues. Who, of course, owns the Seattle Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers. Paul Allen is worth $15.8 billion, which is, Ooh. think about how how much Josh Harris is worth. He's worth $2.5 billion. Paul Allen is worth seven times as much. Seven times. It's crazy. It's so get, rich. I mean,
1: you, you get to that point and it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like what, but there's no level of like, once you make, once you're making over, like, I'd say, the, the biggest, thing, once you make over like 150000 and you're living like in like luxuriously, basically, the rest is just crazy. There's no, there's not real, any real difference in happiness, I don't think, between
0: the, the like actually, that point the, and there, the rest. There's a study on it, and apparently the right. happiness level is closer to, I think, like 70k Is that like any number over that? Money doesn't change it. It's all um, how you live your life. But I think that's bullshit, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> having, having made, in my uh, 15 years of radio, having made all different kinds of money on the scale of radio, I can tell you that there is a slight difference. Um, you know, It's not where most of your happiness comes from, but you know, that's a little bit of a lie. So Yeah.
1: Um,
0: all right, we got to go.
1: No, can we get the relationship advice?
0: Oh, I, I didn't have any questions. I didn't get any questions.
1: Why don't we just start rattling off advice?
0: <laughs> no, okay. Now we're really saying it on the podcast, and we'll actually solicit for it, not just an okay. hour before the podcast. We're going to do a segment of relationship advice with Spike and Mike every week. Um, just We won't use your name. You can sign it at, uh, like, you know, just send it to me at spike.eskin at Gmail. Um, we won't use your name. Promise we won't or, use your Or name. tweet
1: at us is also
0: fine. Yeah, but then everybody sees it. So if you don't want anyone to see it, Um, you know, just, you can send, yes, you can absolutely tweet it at us or to use that, and I would tell you to use the hashtag RTRS, but there is some, someone in another country uses this hashtag for something else, so they (laughs) might discover your relationship advice.
1: They're huge fans. Yes. huge fans.
0: All right, um, love you, Mike. Love you guys. All right, see you, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, here we go. Here it is. It's the Rights of Ricky Sanchez podcast with... Uh, I'm Spike Eskin with Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com. Did not see that coming. Did not see a second 10-day contract from Mr. Tim Frazier. And here yeah. we are with the the big news of the day. Tim Frazier, 10-day contract, second one. Mike, your thoughts?
2: Um, very excited about it. Yeah. Can't believe... Uh, I'm really... Glad we could do an emergency podcast for this Tim Fraser second <laughs> ten It's worth it. So, all right, dude. Like, I we haven't we've been holding back from talking about it. Yeah, you. So, I'm just like I'm dying to hear what you think. I haven't. I don't know what you think yet. Should we run through it? Should we run through, like, the facts? People know the facts, but let's, let's yeah. give it to them.
0: Okay. okay, so the facts are first trade, the JaVale McGee trade that everyone – and yeah. we're not going to give any opinions on anything right here. I, I have sort of a baseline of how we can go through this, and then it'll, it'll fall apart. This whole thing is going to fall apart. But first trade, the Sixers send the rights to Chank uh, Akial. Close enough. To – Denver, for Oklahoma City's protected one to eighteen protected for in 2015, and Javale McGee.
2: <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Javale.
0: Javale McGee. Yeah. As of now, Which
2: I, I always call him. I always call him Javale. Also, but now that he's on our team, I feel like I have to pronounce his name right.
0: Now, we have not. We've only seen speculation that they will release him right there's been no there's been no I, I, don't, from I don't
2: think they're going to release him this is okay. I think it's just like Tom Moore and the Beat Writers being like yeah I mean they'll probably buy him out they bought out other people
0: yeah so I, I don't
2: I don't buy into it that it's going to be a release
0: no because I do think that next year – there's a lot of interesting things going on next year I'll tell you one of the things that that people talk about expirings and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't, it's not going to mean nearly as much with the cap going up. And I don't think expirings are as valuable as they were. But one of the interesting things is that there's a possible work stoppage after next year. And I think an expiring might be more interesting if people are trying to clear books. So I think it could be interesting. I, I do think it's, weird to have him around he's never thought it's funny Denver fans seem to hate him but he's never seemed like a bad teammate to me just a goofy guy and a bad player
2: yeah just kind of silly yeah seems kind of silly maybe like Nick Young-esque as like a as like a lanky or big man sort of thing
0: right yes but uh
2: but, but yeah I believe I here's no we're not going to talk about opinions yet let's get to the next yeah. trade
0: okay so the next trade it's wait, hard did you say
2: wait what the protections on the picks? oh the protections
0: and then are. we also got choo 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 um choo choo what's his name choo uh choo choo uh
2: mad you a bum okay i don't know how to pronounce it but it's it spells out mad you a bum
0: okay and he feels
2: pretty pretty perfect he's clearly made
0: up doesn't exist so no i did watch tape on him Actually, seriously. How old is serious. he? How old is he? I didn't look at anything. I, I
2: don't I don't know how old he is. Okay. He was drafted a number of years ago, but uh, 2011. He was drafted in 2011, so okay. I mean, at least at least 22.
0: Chank was drafted in 05. 05. I said I tweeted earlier that I would pay money to be the guy that would call him and tell him that he was just traded. <laughs> Just to hear his reaction. It must be funny for those guys, right? Like knowing that they're never going to come back, that they continue to get traded in the NBA. I think it's sort of funny.
2: Yeah, it's bizarre. Okay. I'm sure they really kind of don't understand it.
0: So next thing, next trade. It's hard to tell mm-hmm. which trade was which. Would you say the MCW trade? Uh,
2: yeah, the MCW trade was next.
0: Okay, so the – MCW trade ends up being do you wanna wrap this up? So MCW ends up with the Bucks. Yeah, so
2: here's so here's here's what happened. So it all happened very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. But it was MCW to the Bucks, Miles Plumley and Tyler Ennis from Phoenix to the Bucks. Yep. Brand Brandon Knight to the Suns. Right. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas to the Celtics.
0: Right. And money. Wait, the but Suns also the get, wait film. a minute, the Suns also get a 16 top 10 protected first round pick from Cleveland. Right. And Marcus Thornton, did you mention that? I didn't mention that because okay. I don't care.
2: Um. But yeah, and then the Sixers get, uh, well, they almost got Isaiah Thomas. It looked like they were getting Isaiah Thomas, and not, and they didn't. And then there's like Jonas Jarebko's involved. It's like a bunch of. I mean, Tayshawn Prince also went back to the Pistons, which is weird. But anyway, the Sixers did not get Isaiah Thomas. The Sixers did acquire the Los Angeles Lakers pick owned by the Phoenix Suns. Right. Which is top five protected. Right. This year. And then top three protected the next two years. Right. And then it's
0: unprotected. Right. So then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what that was. I I don't want to, I was going to give opinion on that and and I'm not doing that. Okay. And then there was the KJ McDaniels trade, which was far less convoluted. They traded KJ McDaniels to Houston for the worst, uh, the worst of two second round or the the lesser of two second round picks being Minnesota's or Denver's for 2015. So, So it'll be Denver's. Yeah. Well, no, it'll be w- the worst picks. Oh yeah, so it'll be Denver's. Right. And Denver's, and yeah. do we is it is it Isaiah Canaan? Is it Canaan? How do we say it?
2: Uh I've always pronounced it Canaan. Okay, I thought maybe it was Canaan
0: too. I thought it was Canaan too. All right. So, and that trade is is super simple. So, all right. So, let's go back to the beginning.
2: Also, also we should say we should say that Alexi Shved was traded today. Oh, I didn't Alexi even see Shred that. Is, is, now, is now a Nick, which is fun. <laughs> yes. So let's just keep that in mind.
0: Well, they, they didn't get Dragic like they wanted to, so they got another white combo guardy guy. Mine is well, yeah. a foreign combo guardy same. guy. But same thing. Same, same deal, same deal. And of course, Thaddeus Young got traded to... Yeah, this is a big day of trades for the former Sixers. I think it's funny that... The Timberwolves ended up trading a first-round pick for the corpse of Kevin Garnett. Eventually, mm-hmm. which is sort of funny. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks for Flip honors.
2: All right, we got so many things to talk about.
0: Okay, I was going to say first thing was the pro, not the reaction to the trades, but like what was going on, like your your life and my life, like what happened. Yeah,
2: that's right. So okay, so so I woke up. Super early my time to just start like refreshing Twitter and just just like look. And so I was laying in bed. I almost didn't move out of bed. I was like a parent. I was one of the grandparents in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. For like five hours this morning, and I was just in there laying on my side, refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter. And then the Javali thing happened, and it was like, this is awesome, great, love it. We'll talk about that more, but uh, and then I was like, okay, for whatever reason, I made the the brazen mistake of thinking that the deadline was at noon, Eastern time. I was wrong. I was very wrong. And so when I scheduled this doctor's appointment that I had, I thought by 3, it's 3.20 Eastern time, everything, the dust will have settled and we'll be fine. Again, I was wrong. I was wrong to do that.
0: It was really stupid so, idea by you.
2: Really stupid. Really stupid. So I'm in. So I get in the car as I'm like refreshing Twitter and finding like out like the last few minutes of, of the deadline and seeing like, oh crap, uh, Dragich was created. Cool, and like, oh like Isaiah Thomas is going somewhere. Oh, he's going to the. Oh my god!
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ah, Twitter,
2: yeah, going crazy, driving, in a city where it's not safe to drive when you're not paying attention because the roads it's LA. So there's everyone, there's everything's traffic. Yep. And I'm on the 10 just driving. I mean, very, I I should, I would have arrested myself. I should have arrested myself and just pulled over and just, I mean, it was bad. But anyway, I'm finding all this out and like getting emails from the Liberty Ballers Google group and like seeing like MCW, what the hell? Like I have no idea what's going on. And so like, I'm, I'm trying to read every tweet just like to get make sure I don't miss anything. By the way, but kids, I'm driving kids vehicle.
0: Do not read this shit. Don't do this while you drive. This is don't a horrible idea. This is
2: bad. Horrible don't idea. Schedule the trade deadline when you're driving it's a bad idea. I yeah. listen, it was chaos. I was also laughing my head off because it was just like super funny. Yeah. Uh but didn't get into an accident. Um and then got to the doctor's office and I had to turn my phone off. So it's a a whole thing. So I found I I knew everything when I got into the doctor's office uh, and then I got out of it and nothing had changed. I was hoping things would have changed. Things would have gotten like shaken out more. But it was the same understanding before as after. All right. So your turn.
0: Okay. So I was just at work all day. And luckily my job a lot of times is a lot of times it's meetings, a lot of times it's on the phone, but a lot of times it's just listening to the radio, staring at my computer, blah, blah, blah. So most of the early afternoon I got to just work and keep Twitter like off on the side and just keep looking. And I think we all sort of felt the same way during the JaVale McGee thing. It was like, boy, here's a perfect time for the people who hate what they do to really look their dumbest. Because there's nothing to not like about this. This is like yeah. brilliant. There's nothing, you know, there, there's nothing to criticize about this one. And I'm just sort of, I, I got asked a bunch of times, like, as you can imagine, I'm the Sixers guy at work, you know, if salespeople, I'll talk to them about, I'll talk to everybody about it. And everyone that sure, asked yeah. me, and Matt, uh, Matt Leon asked me this morning, what do you think will happen? And my prediction to everybody was, they're going to be the third team in some deal. They're going to take a bunch of salary and get a pick out of it. I don't know what it is, but that's all I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. So when the JaVel McGee deal happened, I said, oh, well, there, there it is. And not third team in, but still, that's pretty much what I was expecting. Then it's funny because I also said to Matt, I'm sort of hoping MCW gets traded today because I'm sick of arguing about him. Not really thinking that that was an actual possibility. So it's like two fifty seven or something or two fifty six and I figure it's all done and I get up and go over to the producer studio to tell our producer who was producing the afternoon show something. I came back and I sat down and Andrew Porter his he does he does my old job at command sports editor does the social media and screams from his office. I just hear I'm gonna And I'm like, (laughs) I said, I can't I said, I can't hear you. He goes, MCW got traded. And I said, I turned down my radio. I said, I cannot hear you. And he comes over, he goes, MCW got traded. I was like, what? So then the problem with Twitter and this is if you're not following every second and you just come back to it, it's just, it's madness. So yeah, it's it's madness. So, now imagine driving during that. Yes. So I'm looking at everything, and I see the Isaiah Thomas thing, and I sort of had a little bit of mixed feelings because I like yeah. Isaiah Thomas a lot because he is I, my yeah. kind of guy. He is like a Tony Roten that can shoot. You know, he is he's a a scorer. Sure. You yeah. know, he yeah. I like that kind of guy, but I also think that it is possible that guys do not like playing with Isaiah Thomas.
2: Really? Well,
0: only because—
2: For me, it was was just more like he's not like a, like a, a championship caliber point guard. So if we're trading MCW, it was like, well, why are we getting a more expensive guy? It didn't make sense to me, but I was like trying to will myself to be on board for the 14 seconds that that was the case.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you the other thing about him is that he's more expensive than MCW, but he's still sort of cheap. I think he's a better. I think he's a better value than MCW is. But but that I said, that. The, I don't. I don't agree with that. Oh, I, what does he make? Five million dollars? Four million dollars? Uh, whatever. We don't I have. I think to, it's more. Than, he's not even anyway. on the Sixers. Who cares? MCW is still rookie scale. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. So, well, but MCW is bad. That's my thing. Is I don't think Isaiah Thomas. We'll get. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll but get there. but one of the things with Isaiah Thomas was, it seemed clear that. The Kings didn't re-sign him because Cousins didn't like him. And then he got to the Suns and all of a sudden Dragic wants out. And you know what I mean? Like maybe – and I I, I think I've watched three Suns games this year and he doesn't look – you know how when Tony Roten's ball hogging – Nobody else is really rolling their eyes a little bit. I, I, I never got the sense that everybody hates him when he's doing it. I think there are some players that it drives other guys nuts. Anyway, but I didn't have to talk myself into it long because then he was gone. And then – but at that point, Tony and Josh, who do our afternoon show, had – I have not been on the air here in a year. Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'll say hello, but that's it. But they had requested my presence to talk about the trades. But yeah, my we,
2: brother. My brother sent me a text message. Puff, Andy. My brother. Yes. Said that you, you you barged into the station.
0: No, they actually requested. They they're calling for. That's what I heard from three people. And then their producer came over. They want you in there. They want you in there. So I go in there, and but the problem was I didn't know, I didn't know what they had gotten. I had no idea. So yeah, midway through yeah. the conversation, I got the the piece of paper that says Lakers top five protected pick, and I then I got yeah. excited. But then when I sat back down. Pro Basketball Talk had reported that we had Brandon Knight. So then I got really excited. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that at all. I yeah, never saw that one. That was an art Then I got really excited because three weeks ago I had started on my, while everyone else was talking about Kawhi and Jimmy Butler, I had started on my I really like Brandon Knight sort of thing. I like Brandon Knight. So f- for a minute we had Brandon Knight, at least in my head. But then that was quickly shot down on Twitter, and then I settled into the the reality of all of it, and then the KJ trade. I, you know, basically, okay. So let's let's start at the beginning. I don't think yeah, there's much to right. say about the. McGee let's do trade. the MCW thing first. Let's just do the okay.
2: MCW thing first because that's the most important one.
0: Okay, you, can you want to go or do you want me to go or what? Oh, okay. Okay. So
2: what this basically was to me was they were never in love with MCW. They drafted him because they needed a point guard to to play. They figured maybe he'll rack up some counting stats. I don't know if they had the foresight to say like, oh, oh he's going to have counting stats, and then we'll trade, trade him at a higher value than we think. I don't know. Maybe they just liked him. Maybe they're like, yeah, we like him. We think he's undervalued at
0: 11, and we'll draft him now. Yeah, and may, may, hey, hell, maybe we can teach him to shoot.
2: You know right. what I mean? Like maybe that, that's it. Yeah. That was
0: one of the things that came from the Pablo campaign, was just that one of the things the Sixers do is you can't teach physical attributes, but in theory, you could teach someone to shoot, even though it's not easy, yeah. you could. So maybe that's what they're thinking.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I'm not going to give them the credit of being like, okay, this isn't like a full map I have everything laid out. Yes. Like it's like a season of the wire. Like right. I don't think that's the case i think they're just like we like this guy we think he can produce now and we'll see if he gets better or we'll see if we trade him i think that's that's generally the idea yeah and so they did and he was rookie of the year and that was awesome but over the year and a half or so he hasn't gotten markedly better at i would say really
0: anything he's gotten worse i think no he hasn't gotten worse he well people
2: have figured him out more or He's he's being asked to do less, so he's he's not working through his issues. He's sort of just I mean he like his, his shooting assist rate is, worse. is up, isn't it? His sh- yeah, yeah, his shooting's worse. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's just you know sample size, I think. Okay. Um mm-hmm. but I think they're just ultimately they're like, listen, he's not a guy that we can win a championship with. We don't think. We don't think so. His his assist rate has gone up. Um, but his shooting has gone significantly down. But he's not a guy that we think we can lead can be the point guard and championship team. And so we'll try to upgrade. We're going to try to upgrade every position. So when they drafted Alfred Payton, they were going to keep Alfred Payton. There was no, there was no like, I mean, there was like, maybe the magic will give us this, but I don't think they were, they would have gone into the season with Alfred and they would have been fine with it because they think he's a talented guy. It wasn't, they were not like, Oh, we don't need a point guard because we got MCW. That's not the case. So they've, Given all indications that they're not like 100% sold on MCW, just as they're not 100% sold on really anyone. So when they traded him, it's just like, well, he's not good enough. Like, he's not good enough. And we're going to try to upgrade as many positions as possible. We're not going to settle for mediocrity just for stability's sake. I know people are upset. It's like, hey, he's like the face of the franchise. People rallied behind him. He was like, he made the team fun last year and he certainly did and we appreciate him for that all that but at the end of the day you got to get the best players and mcW is not a guy that you're like super pumped about as a core person in the franchise especially when he's shooting 38 field and 25.6 percent from from deep I mean he's just not he's just not good enough well and I you you've always been more down on him than I than I have been. And I, I I've just kept been up been with the well he's a playmaker and he has defensive potential, although he hasn't been a really great defender and he's been being asked to do a lot with not great teammates and he's bearing the brunt of the efficiency like detriment of that. but it, it was always with the caveat of if he can learn, then he becomes suddenly a potentially top 10, 15 point guard. But the Sixers didn't see that happening. There was no indication that it was going to happen. And they sold high on him. And they got a pick from the Lakers, which could potentially be insanely good. MCW at 11 in a bad draft versus the Lakers' top five protected pick this year, which we'll talk about, or top three protected pick next year. So it's going to be a good, potentially amazing pick and i think it's just like they had to pull the trigger it's i don't think it's a i don't think it's like the smartest move in the world it's kind of a move that everyone would would theoretically make it's just a really ballsy move to trade again twice in in two seasons i guess if you call the draft uh in 2013 um trading your franchise ostensibly your franchise point guard Coming off an All Star bid in Drew Holiday okay. and a Rookie of the Year bid in Michael Carter Williams, all right. I mean it's ballsy. I mean they're they're all ballsy, but I don't think it's I don't think it's like, how could he do this? For me, it's just like because they want the best talent, and MCW is not the best talent.
0: Yeah, let me throw something out there. Let me let me get a little fiery if you don't if you don't mind. Get fiery, bud. Yeah. Here's why they did it, because MCW plays at a wholly replaceable position but even more, is objectively bad at basketball. He is, well, I guess compared to non-NBA players, he's good. He has not been good at all. At all. He hasn't been good at anything. Nothing. He's That's not, not true. That's he, not true. He's That's not, not true. a good – I let you ramble on about all your bullshit. Now it's my turn. He. Yeah, but it's not true when you're saying things that aren't true. Yes, he's, you, he's you been you good say, at some stuff
2: and bad at other stuff. What has he been good at? It's a forty two percent assist rate is
0: really good. He's the
2: only guy that handles the ball in the whole team. That doesn't that doesn't matter. Yes, it <laughs> does not, matter. Yes, it
0: also. yes it does matter. It absolutely matters. He's the only guy that handles the ball. Tim Fra- What's Tim Frazier's assist rate for the the five games he started? He's he has nine ass- He has more assists per game than MCW did. I think last time I looked, I think Frazier was at eight point seven assists a game. And it's not like he's getting more possessions than MCW did. He's bad. Well, for the sake of
2: argument, in three in three games, Tim Frazier's assist rate is 38.7, which okay. is lower than MCW, but it's three okay. games. Yeah, right. but it's also three
0: comparable. Games. It's also comparable. And uh, No, it's not three games for a D-leaguer. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, it's three games, and he had an assist rate of almost 40% in those three games. Doesn't that tell you something? He is a shitty basketball no, player. Cool. He is no, a shitty basketball player. Michael Carter-Williams is not good at dribbling. He's okay at passing. He's horrid at shooting. He's the worst jump shooter in the entire NBA. Like, he is a guard, and he's the worst shooter in the entire league. In ter- and I know PER is not the be-all, end-all, but when you rank point in the NBA, he is 45th. You understand 30 teams. So that would mean that likely there are 14 other backup point guards that have – he is not good and he is old. Like in terms of prospects, the idea that he is going to get markedly better at a basic skill like shooting – like and don't give me Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd was obviously a uh, was a, a, a brilliant passer and a brilliant ball handler when he came into the league. Michael Carter Williams is neither of those things. So the only reason we're, we we believe in him is because he's tall and long. I'm I'm over it. It was an easy trade. I think this is this is a no-brainer trade. It, it look, it's not easy in terms of it's not easy for the marketing department, right? It's not easy for all, for the, the season ticket for the salespeople and the marketing department that sent out something to their season ticket holders the other day that says this starts now and says you can renew your tickets today and had a big picture of MCW on it. Is it easy for them? No. Is it easy for the organization and selling tickets and that for the rest of this year? It's not. But if you're running the basketball team, what it, I, I will bet you that the the stats, the, the the starting point guard stats for the rest of the year. Whoever it is, whether it's Kanan, whether it's Tim Frazier, are comparable to Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams is such a bad shooter that Tony Roten, who was a horrible shooter, had was a better free throw shooter, a better three-point shooter, a better jump shooter. He did everything better as a shooter than Michael Carter Williams did this year. And Tony Roten is a horrible shooter. So for you to be a that horrible a shooter, you better be a really, really good ball handler and passer. And he's neither. He's neither. He held. He he dribbled the ball a lot. That's what he had. He he got the ball on every possession. That's what he did. So I th- to me this trade is a no brainer. It's a great trade that they got it. The fact that they got that pick, which I I don't think they'll cash in on this year, but next year I I would assume the Lakers are bad next year too, unless something happens. You know that that we're not expecting. But I, I don't think that the Lakers end up being. You know. Really, really good next year. I can't see the pick being twenty or something. Maybe they they signed Kevin Love or something, but um, I don't know. I thought this was a. I was proud of them for making this trade. I like, I, and I think that position. When you look up and down the NBA, there are tons of point guards. There are tons of acceptable point guards, and I think it's it will be easy to find one. And I think it's possible. I don't know. Maybe Hinkie likes Canaan. Maybe he likes him. I, I I don't know. He did he did draft him out of Houston and he they're the same age. He and and Carter Williams are essentially the same age. I think I looked at Keenan's stats earlier. I think he's shooting like 39% from 3 this year or 40% from 3. So, he's I don't know. he's a good shooter, yeah. Yeah, I, he's short, you know, he doesn't fit in the the Sixers mold, but neither does Frazier. neither does Larry Drew. So maybe, you know, I don't know. I I thought this was an easy trade to me. I I don't I don't think um I, selling high is the fact that they were able to get this pick at this point is shocking to me. And it actually sort of reeks a little bit of I don't know, is it is it desperation from the Bucks? Do they really No, 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 I, no. I mean
2: they they had Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight's good. They yeah. they thought that this would be better for them. Well, they, no, but Brandon Knight is is a combo listen, guard. You, you can You, you came can, at me like I was like defending Michael Carter-Williams and what I was saying, Well which you can, I'm not. Well, I just well, think on, I have a very out. sober view of him. You, it's just like he, he's not a good shooter. And he does other things well and I think for you to discount everything else he does is a little too like
0: sports radioy for me No if, if, don't don't do that well for, for you to it's a little too sports radio or well you're getting too bloggy for me you know like well, he's happy to get bloggy. He, are getting bloggy. he's oh well then 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 certainly then then call me a racist and a uh what else could you call <laughs> me you you should call me a racist and a a misogynist and then we'll be all in on the blogginess the okay. the he, to call him a a, a a not a good shooter is certainly underestimating how bad a shooter he actually is yeah you're right you're right he, he is the worst shooter in the league as far as it certainly as far as guards go i can't think of a worse shooter <laughs> He's been horrible.
2: Certainly not this
0: year. Yeah, so take a break from this Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast to talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors. They're all our favorite sponsors. Maybe you've noticed I do that. The Colony Meadery. The Colony Meadery sells mead. What is mead? Mead is an alcohol, a booze that's been around for a long, long time, but has never been done right until now, until the Colony Meadery in Allentown did it. It is a gluten-free alcohol made from honey. And if you're sick of everything that you normally drink. Maybe there's this one drink you get wherever you go, or maybe you're sick of the same light beer, or if you're a gluten-free person, you're sick of going to a bar and saying, well, what's the one cider you have that is gluten-free? Mead is something different, and it's something good, and like I said, it's gluten-free. It is a slightly sweet Um, slightly carbonated alcohol that comes in a ton of different flavors. You can check out all of those flavors at colonymeadery.com. Two of the most recent ones that they've released are um, birch mead, which tastes like birch beer, and mini mead, which is made from raspberry blossom honey. They're local guys. They're from Allentown. They are trusters of the process. You can get Colony Meadery Mead in every Wegmans in Eastern PA, a ton of places in the Philadelphia area, smaller you know beer-type stores, or uh, you can just go up to the Colony Meadery in Allentown. They have tours and tastings and bottles available there. You can order online at colonymeadery.com. Make sure you use code RICKY for $5 off. Of course, you must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Here now, rather, back to the podcast. That said, I think we can agree that it was a a good trade, and I didn't. I I was shocked that they were able to get this sword. And by the way, I think they can play he and Brandon Knight in the same backcourt without any trouble. Really, I, Brandon Knight is definitely very combo guardy. You know, he's he has some two tendencies. So I don't think if if you if you want MCW as a guy that you don't want shooting all the time having a guy like that as the other guard I don't think is the worst idea in the world.
2: So Yeah, I, I mean Jason Kidd must really like MCW. He's he has for a while apparently. Oh, really? So I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's what they said.
0: The um what was i going to say about MCW Brandon Knight? I don't know, I lost it. But I I I'm surprised they were able to get this value at this time. I didn't think that this value at this time would be available, but um That doesn't doesn't it the
2: fact that they got this much value for him like Sort of make you think that maybe he does have more potential or are you, are you still like totally
0: uh, they got a first round pick for um uh Thaddeus Young, you know? And they got But it's a dip, this is
2: the this is the Lakers pick. This is
0: like Well but also you have real, to realize this wasn't the Bucks giving them yeah, you're right. that pick. You're right. You know? mm-hmm. They they gave I'm trying to think what, what the Bucks actually gave up. The Bucs Oh the Bucks gave up Oh wait a minute Brandon Knight. They gave up Brandon Knight, right. So but they maybe they had no interest in paying Brandon Knight the mm-hmm. 15 million a year he's likely to get as a restricted yeah. free agent so maybe they were you know in on on cutting bait maybe actually that sort of brings us to the next one it brings us to the KJ McDaniels one and i just sort of have to even though i think i've thought less of KJ McDaniels than most people have this year i've been less high on him just because yeah. his raw skills not his raw athleticism, but his raw basketball, his his simple basketball skills haven't been impressive to me. What this this says to me is that Hinkie believes that somebody's going to give McDaniel's more than he's worth. Now, yeah. I don't know that we know, we're just guessing on what that more than maybe more is five million a year to Hinkie, maybe it's nine million a year to Hinkie. I don't know what it is, but that's what this is, right? This was we're not going to be able to re-sign him, and I, you know I'm not going to take nothing for him.
2: Yeah, I guess that's the case. I'm still sort of surprised that it was like I like Kanan, and that's a solid second round pick. I'm surprised it's not more. To right. so, to the point where I think that it's still like something might like shake out where it's like oh, and they also got this thing. Right. You know, maybe it's too late for that, but I'm still like sort of waiting to find out. Well,
0: someone um, asked me on Twitter that to ask you, and I thought it was an interesting. And we're obviously this is just speculation anyway. I'm trying to figure out who asked me before uh jeff asked me is there any chance of some of the weirdness with kj given some of the comments and the attitude and the mom and the um that maybe so. played into it i don't think so he's no he's been very into what he taught he doesn't talk publicly very much but it seemed when we talked to him at breakfast he talked a more about culture and work hard and the right guys than I would have expected him to talk about, you know? I, I wouldn't have expected Sam? him to be yeah. You're talking about Sam? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe there's something to the KJ thing. He 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 uh failed the um He had a little bit of the Igadala bad face thing going on. I like Igadala, but he would He let his bad emotions show more than his good emotions, I thought. I don't know. I I just, I thought it was an interesting question, you know, um, given what happened. So that's it. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I thought they could have gotten, maybe could have gotten more, maybe they couldn't have. um, But it's a thing where it's like this is half a season of KJ and then he becomes a free agent. Yeah. So I don't know that it's a guarantee that he signs in Houston. I don't know that it's. Uh, guarantee that he doesn't take another one-year deal and try to get. I mean, it'd be a risky move. But if he takes another one-year deal and try to get a bigger deal when the cap hits in 2016, yeah. Um, and there's not. It's not impossible to think that they throw him an offer sheet this summer. You know, you don't know. So um, they must not have thought they could have signed him. They must not have thought that he was worth it. Everything I've talked to people in the sixth organization about, and just like listening to what Hinky says is that guys that they have and guys that they scout a lot, it's all about getting the most information on them. That's They always talk about that stuff. So KJ was there. They saw him every day. And so they had the most information, whereas other teams sort of see like, hey, look at the athleticism and the defense and the dunks. Like Maybe that sort of swayed. I mean, he, KJ certainly became like a Twitter star. Yeah. Uh, and I liked him as a player. Really good, especially in the defensive end. And uh, you know, when his when his three point numbers were surging earlier in the season, it was like this is going to come down. But like, it shows you a glimpse at what sort of catch and shoot player he can become. I still think I still believe in him becoming a a solid jump shooter. And uh, and I think he's I think he's better at creating than he's uh, than he's shown. Um, cause he did a lot of that at Clemson and I think occasionally you'll see him like take a guy off the dribble, but, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't been great this year. Like his numbers aren't great and he sort of falls asleep sometimes. Um, and he's, exp- and he's going to go away in the off season. If it all took would be one team to offer him too much Yeah. and he would have gone away for nothing. It's it's just one team. And if, for every reason, I think when it's one team, I think of like Mark Cuban for, I mean, not yes. that they have a lot of cap space or anything, but I just think of, him as a guy that overpays
0: or even Mori Ma- just what he did with and yeah. Ashik, you know and yeah. take a chance and and another thing is i've i've had a few people ask me about well isn't the cap going up and you know it'll be dropping the bucket and here's the thing is that all of these things add up a we don't know when the cap's going up like the the thought is is that all of a sudden the cap jumps to ninety million in two years, but the NBA is trying to prevent that from happening, so that's the first thing from from it jumping up right away, and the second thing is is that like you overpay this guy, then you overpay that guy then all of a sudden you know everybody's playing by the same rules. everybody knows those same things just overpaying him because you think you have all this space, then eventually, when you want somebody in here and you don't have the space, and it's because you gave somebody six who really deserved three, that's a big deal. you know, That's twice as much as he deserves. It's all relative. Yeah, so...
2: It's all gonna gonna normalize out in a couple years. The first year or two, it'll it'll feel different, but then eventually, in 2017, it's gonna be the same, you know? Yes, yeah. So... Um,
0: What year is it? I forgot what year it was for a second. Jesus. It's It's 2015, yeah. Insane. So Um, here's one thing I wanna throw out there, and one thing that's interesting... Is that all of a sudden the Sixers have like they had a lot of picks before this, but they have like like an ass load of picks yeah. now. And so we an, can
2: talk about Javale a little bit now. Since oh, happened. you want
0: you want to talk about Javale first?
2: Yeah, since we got the other, well, since we got the other two trades out of the way. Okay, a little bit. Because, this, I mean, we're going to keep circling back to every trade and yeah. just keep bringing up points. But I mean, I think he stays around. I think he stays around. He's $12 million next year. And why why not just play him now as your backup big man? Let him block some shots. And I mean, as a shot blocker, he's good. And him and Nerlens can go at each other a little bit. It's another big body for Nerlens to to battle against in practice. And he's wow, certainly he's, funny enough to be on the team.
0: He's twenty seven. Yeah. Man, he got
2: old. Not too. that not, wow. not, not, not not that old though. I mean, that's not that old. It's not That'll. Uh, but then next year, who's to say that they don't just trade him at the deadline? Or is that what you said about him being an expiring contract? If a, if there's a superstar trade, con- salaries have to match. So eventually, right? That's going to happen. It's going to be like, oh, we need you know, he's he could be a piece and just like making salaries match. So I don't think I don't think a buyout is a necessity, and I don't think, uh a minor career resurgence for him here is impossible. And then us to trade him for, you know, another player or a couple picks or maybe, I mean, teams always need rim protection. So next, think about next year's playoff run. Someone at the deadline be like, yeah, we'll trade a second round pick for JaVale.
0: Yeah. Why not? Somebody always signs Kenyon Martin, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, JaVale McGee is at least 30 years younger than Kenyon Martin is. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, I, as long as he, as long as, and this will be ultimately what they decide. You know, as long as he will work hard and get with the program, I don't need him to be good or anything. I just don't want him screwing anything up because he's knucklehead. But I don't think they'll allow that. And I, I honestly think that's why they traded. I don't know when they got rid of Shved, It was there was one whisper of unhappiness, and he was gone. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So if JaVale comes here and he's a pain in the ass, I don't think they will. No. They they will. You know, So there you go. And you could also just tell him you don't want him to play and say he has an ankle injury for the next year anyway. Also also possible.
2: No, but I think this is – I mean this is why they have – this is why you don't go after Earl Watson, et cetera, in free agency. So you can have this cap money around the deadline when teams want to just get rid of money. And they say, hey, do you want a first-round pick? Also, just to like hold on to while you meet the cap floor? Sure, yeah, I'd love to. Thank you for that. And so, I mean, they trade nothing. Sorry, the rights to sink Akyol.
0: I We we did some research today, and I do believe it's it's Cenk. It's, it's Cenk? Yeah. We heard a, a Turkish PA announcer pronounce nice. it with the CH sound. So, yeah. Nice. Um,
2: but yeah, so it's not... It's just it's such an easy trade to make, and it's such a good. And Denver's happy because like, hey, we get to lose McGee's contract. Amazing, and now they get to be like players in free agency a little bit next year. And it's like, well, okay, that's well, fine. Now you gave us a pick. We could you probably could have used that, but we're just we're happy to take it. Happy from you. So uh, I mean, there's no way to look at that trade other than like this is awesome. And if they buy him out, then okay, maybe it's a missed opportunity to get something from next year. Who cares? It's awesome. They got a first-round pick for nothing. It's awesome. And they didn't, that didn't happen last year.
0: JaVale they McGee. Five,
2: they acquired five guys and didn't get a first-round pick last year. They got seconds.
0: JaVale McGee was always destined to be a sixer, I think. I think this was most, always going most to happen. Most people were destined to be a sixer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think this puts them in interesting trade-a-bunch-of-stuff. It puts them in interesting James Harden position. Houston James yeah. Harden position, you know? And I, I said – I don't really believe this, but I said this earlier. Somebody was like, well, who? And I said, well, you know, Kevin Durant doesn't – I don't think they're trading for Kevin Durant, right? But Kevin Durant doesn't seem happy to me. And I don't think it's out of this world for, for Oklahoma City to think after this year, well, you know what? Let's see what's out there. Or even DeMarcus Cousins. I, I don't want him. I think he's, he's – but there will be guys – who are unhappy there or their teams yeah. that are unhappy about. And I don't – I'm not – Yeah, this is what – this is – you know, everyone talks about, well, we're going to have all these first-round picks and all these guys on the team. I don't know. I, I think it is, is certainly possible. This is lining up for big trade somewhere, I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
2: And not, not that it's going to happen or not, or not that the Sixers are like, okay, here's the guy in 2017. But just like we got to get the most attractive – assets and, and the most attractive free agent destination and do everything that they can to
0: to open themselves up to that possibility. Let's talk for a second about demanding trades and who in the fuck <laughs> Reggie Jackson is to demand a trade. Like like doesn't that seems he's pretty good. I think he's good. At Dragic it did not it didn't surprise me at all. And by the way, Miami Man, it really makes me wish the Miami trade happened a few years ago, LeBron not included, just before Dwayne Wade had fallen apart, you know, because Dragic in that starting lineup, that's a pretty cool starting lineup. Yeah, that's a
2: really cool starting lineup.
0: Dragic, Wade, Dang, Bosh, and Whiteside is a cool starting lineup, you know? I think they definitely, they're not falling out of playoffs now. I mean, there's no No, chance that's happening, so... I, I just the, – the, the Reggie Jackson thing and, – and how do you not – how do you as, – as a Deion Waiters fan, me, Deion Waiters fan, how do you risk – because basically Reggie Jackson demanded a trade because they traded for Deion Waiters. Yeah. How do you let that explode, right? Like how does that happen? There's no way that team's winning any title this year. I know for a while, and I wouldn't want to play them if I was a one seed. But that team has sort of become a, as as big a disaster as you can be, having two of the, the best players in the world on them. I, I just I, that's amazing to me. It's amazing he that he demanded the trade. It's amazing they created a situation in which he would want to demand a trade, you know, off of that team with restricted mm-hmm. free agency coming up anyway. You know who would beg off? Maybe he just didn't want to be um, locked in there moving forward. But I don't know. That that whole situation seems strange to me. And well, I re- they,
2: they had a good they had a good day though.
0: Who Oklahoma getting, City? Getting
2: Oklahoma City. Yeah, getting Cantor, getting Augustine as a backup point guard, solid. Getting Kyle Singler as a decent scorer off the bench. Getting rid of Perkins. Like it's not. They had a nice day. Yeah. If if Jackson was going to go and walk for nothing eventually. Yeah. Not it's not a bad. It's really not a bad day. I'm, I will say just because just because you brought him up, yeah. seconds ago,
0: Kenyon Martin just got waved by the box I saw that by Woj. <laughs> <laughs> I do think That'll it's funny out. that one year ago we got in our Evan Turner Dion waiters' fight, and there was never a there's never a fight a decided non winner both at the time and one year later than that particular fight
2: yeah, it's bad, it's yeah. bad we both lose, we both lose,
0: yeah. So what else do we have here? Do we have anything else? I don't know what else well, we there's have. A of,
2: there's a ton of stuff we can keep talking about. It's just a bummer that both of us agree on the trades.
0: Yeah, that if
2: because there's people that don't. There's even like like supporters. People are going to talk about, like you know, you and I tend to be Sixers apologists, or if you want to qualify us as that or whatever. Um, but it's, it doesn't. It on the one hand is it sad that. You know, kids and the fans have started to to identify with MCW. The fact that he was a rookie of the year last year, the fact that he knows he's like a fun player that people can like hang their hat on. Yeah, that I mean that that was nice for the first half of the season and some of the last season with MCW. But like that doesn't matter. Like I, I, for me, it's just like you're not gonna, you know, you already made your takes on MCW clear and that you thought you he think he's you think he's awful. I don't think he's as bad as you do. But even with that you're totally right about it. Point guard being a very deep position in the NBA. And if you're not going to be one of the top guys, then you can't be like, well, he's our best player. So we have to hold on to him because we, you know, our fans like him a little, like it's, it's just not worth it. So people calling like the Lakers pick a lottery pick is like, okay, I guess, but it's a, I mean, that's like one of the biggest assets in the league was that like, like in the league, that was one of the biggest assets because it's only top 5 protected they're going to be bad next year they're they're certainly not making the playoffs next year but they're also i mean it's a chance where they if they finish 5th in the rankings this year someone could just jump them the cavs jumped from 9 last year
0: yeah i was looking it seems hard for them to finish 5th even because they are it seems like they're like 6 games behind 5th so i'll I'll look again right now but it doesn't look at all it would it seems like it would take 2 teams jumping them it seems like they've only gotten worse as the year's gone on well it's
2: it's it's orlando so they they just have to be
0: and orlando's played better i they're four games behind orlando so uh, ahead of but you know
2: orlando could certainly take a turn for the tanky yeah
0: they're
2: not they're not unheard of for doing that sacramento could also do that if if you know if things go bad with george carl or if he's just like ah fuck this year um Utah also same thing. Denver actually could just like not win a game the rest of the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, How about getting? But you know,
1: get, I
0: trust Nick Young. I trust I trust Nick Young to <laughs> to to get us this pick. Did you see he made up with the Dolphins? He had he went to Hawaii during the All Star break and he said he had a chat with some Dolphins and really straightened that whole thing out. Did you see the story that a dolphin that he said a dolphin tried to kill him? No. Oh, you really didn't see that story? No, no, I missed it. Let me read you the quote because it is one of the greatest quotes I think ever in first of all, the headline on ESPN, Nick Young, colon, dolphin tried to kill me. That's the <laughs> here's the quote. First of all, Iggy Azalea tweeted Nick is scared of dolphins. Then somebody asked him about it. Here is the Nick Young quote. He was playing with everybody else, doing what dolphins do, the ak -ak (laughs) and, and all that. It was my time to ride the dolphin. For some reason, he took me all the way to the bottom. He was trying to drown me. But I saw it happening, so I jumped out of the water and took off the little life vest and threw off my little water shoes and stayed outside. He went straight down, Young said. He was trying to kill me. I think he was trying to get on Iggy. He was a little friendly, kissing on her and stuff. He was trying to take my woman.
2: <laughs> that's really amazing.
0: Yeah, so I love him. He He's going
2: to get us this pick, by the way. Seriously, I, I believe that wholeheartedly.
0: I would love to have it All, this year.
2: Also, twenty five wins still. So think about that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that that's happening, buddy. Twenty five wins. Yeah, I don't know. He. I'm not. I, I'm not backing down from. What did I one. say? Have to, they have to go thirteen and sixteen the rest of the year. Might be tough. Might be tough. Yeah, I think. Yeah. They'll get that. Best case scenario. Do you know some? It seems unlikely to happen, but the Sixers could have, like, 1, 6, 12, and 19 this year. Yeah, that'd be insane.
2: I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll end up—the Lakers will be next year, I think. Yeah. Um. The Heat will be around, you know, what, 15?
0: 15, yeah. Or so? Yeah.
2: Um, And I think I think they'll get Oklahoma City's also. That's my, my guess is they get that one, too.
0: Yeah. Um, Here's a note to everybody Sorry. who is complaining that they bought a MCW jersey and a MCW stuff and so on and so forth. Stop doing that. <laughs> Just right now, stop, stop complaining or stop buying. You a, a little of both. Like here, okay. Here's first the stop buying thing. Stop buying for now. Stop buying for now. What's the best jersey to get? A Doctor J jersey, a Charles Barkley jersey. Or just buy yeah, yeah, Iverson, buy a track jacket, buy something buy something without a player on it. But here's the other thing. Your kid wants a jersey, right? Buy him the fucking replica one that's thirty-five dollars. And when MCW gets traded, those are the breaks. Every thirty-five dollars you spend on your kid does not get to last forever. (laughs) That's that's sort of life, you know? Like every time you buy him a toy. Sometimes in a year, sometimes in less than a year, he gets bored of that toy and then he he doesn't like that toy anymore and it sits in the corner until you throw it out. You know, these things are not investments for the rest of your life. It is not a stock, it is not a bond. It's the <laughs> yeah. jersey of a basketball player. I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm sorry they marketed him, but but they never said he wasn't going anywhere. No one ever said yeah. that. So and and what
2: happens when like your kid like grows out of the jersey? What then?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. No one told you that your kid was. Are you complaining yeah. to the gynecologist that he never took it bigger?
2: You know, this so. this this is part of your raid against gynecologists. Yes, thing, so. I, I can't stand gynecologists.
0: Me and Daryl Morey, right? Didn't yeah, that's Darryl, right. yeah, I did see that one.
2: Um, okay, well here, let me let's because. You and I are going to agree on the trades today. I think yes. it's sad, but oh, there, there, wait! There's a, there's a big collection of people that don't agree on it. Hold
0: on. So we should like speak for them, I think. Well, but hold on. Big news. The lottery party. You want to talk about it now? Well, I just want to, you know, in case people are sick of listening to us at this point, we've been going for 53 minutes or something. So yeah. I just, I have the location for the lottery party. So this year, I mean, is it okay that I do it now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the NBA lottery, hold on. The date will be May, hold on, hold on. I had it. 19th, I think. May 19th, hold on. Oh, friggin' heck. It's Tuesday, right? Is it? May 19th. Date. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, Yeah. Tuesday, May May 19th. May 19th, okay. Will be at Buffalo Wild Wings in the Great Northeast in Philadelphia. They will give us all the accoutrement we had last year. We will have nothing. you know. We'll, we'll have a room. We'll have TVs set onto the lottery. I will work on T-shirts. I'm sure we'll have – we didn't even get any beer specials or any food specials last year. I will make we'll sure get we, we get those. It will be enormous. Um, obviously, it could be much bigger than last year both in size yeah. and in scope so we hope to see you there may 19th buffalo wild wings in the great northeast so
2: and we'll, we'll try to do some sort of like live like podcast well, i was just thing. thinking about this no like the podcast for but like also like an interactive like because it seemed like last year i wasn't there but just watching the video people were like once the sixers pick got pulled for the the pelicans one yeah people were like sort of confused and I want to like curb that by being like, hey, like maybe have like a poster board or at least like some sort of presentation at the beginning where it's like, here's what we want to happen. Right,
0: right, right, right.
2: right. This yes. is like the goal. And just so we're all like on the same page, I think.
0: Yeah, well, in happen. all fairness, last year we didn't expect anyone to come. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I'll get more t-shirts this year, all that stuff. So anyway. All
2: right, so did you read did you read this? You probably didn't, but Mike Prada wrote uh, an article about when did the Sixers start building something?
0: Oh, I saw the headline. And yeah. I thought to myself, you know what's funny is I was like that – because I did have moments of doubt today, moments of, oh, my God, is he really just going to punt year after year after year? But every yeah. time I keep coming back to, if they really don't think MCW is that good, then – they didn't really punt on much this year, right? We exactly. W- That's we, what it is. You know, we would have, if you're ranking assets, he certainly wouldn't have been in the top three, I don't think. And he might not have been in the top five for the Sixers right yeah. now.
2: I would agree. I would say, you know, it came to the point where I started putting Covington over him. Yes. It was getting to that point. And, and you could even start to make start to make a case for Jeremy Grant. Start, you could start to make sure, that case. sure.
0: I, I and um, given the contract, it wouldn't be hard yeah. to make the case, you know? Yeah, but that's, but that's the
2: thing. It's like people, The I'm reading a lot of stuff, so I'm in like various email threads, and there's one with, you know, the Liberty Ballers guys, So Hill and Jake Fisher aren't on board. Um, Jake Fisher, I think it's one important. of those things where you just have to like sleep on it, yeah, and just like, and just be like, okay, I get it because like people were upset with the Drew Holiday trade last time. And then it's like, no, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I get it. This is one of those things where uh, it's, if you're against it, it's, you're against it for the sake of like sentimentality, which is, again, is fine. Like you could do that, but the Sixers, you don't want the Sixers to operate like that because then they're the Phillies. Yes. You know, that it's the same people yelling at the Phillies to rebuild are probably sort of like, but why did you have to keep, why couldn't we keep Michael Carter Williams? He's good ish. You don't think he's good? It's fine. Yeah. but people people watching him liking him liking the fact that he was rookie of the year it's just like it's not it should this should be another sign of like we're not settling as a franchise for good enough you know this like recently he's fine yeah okay but like that- the one thing i will say is like maybe from a player's standpoint this is like a is there like a loyalty issue but i still don't think that matters until you have the superstar and then I mean, unless it's Embiid who hasn't started playing yet, I don't think I don't necessarily think that they have that superstar yet.
0: These guys are all playing for their life, and I think they're playing for the coach. They're not playing, for, and honestly, and and I'm not, I'm not saying that this is right, wrong, or indifferent. But the only guy that we heard complaints about, really, like when we heard about that selfishness stuff, was about MCW. You know, like he was the and I'm not saying that they were getting rid of him because of that. But it's yeah. the, the only whisper I ever heard all year about any negativity in the locker room was about him, you know? So yeah, I, and I I and
2: don't know if that's true or not either way. He's just not good enough. That's really yeah. what it boils down to is he's just not good enough. And so, you know, anytime players are traded in the NBA or in any sport, people are going to be sad and they're going to be like, well, come on, what do, we had a good thing going for that? You know, like the, oh, the, the, oh, nine, the 2011 Sixers still think that like Elton Brand was like, why we could have, we were almost there. Like it's. People are always going to be upset. Players don't generally understand the, the team-building aspect of things.
0: And, and, here's, and here's, they're here's,
2: expected to just get over
0: it. And here's another thing. You know, if, if, if jerseys and advertising campaigns and Rookie of the Year awards are your reason for not wanting to do a deal— I'm glad that you're not the general manager, you know, like yeah. that, that those are all bad reasons. Those are all honestly, the people that should be more upset than you should be the people that are on the phones, trying to sell tickets or designing or that that now have to stay at work until 1030 tonight, redoing their entire website because, yeah. you know, because they have to Photoshop MCW out of stuff. Their yeah, lives sorry, are Max. more difficult, difficult today, but you know. Those aren't good reasons to not make trades. Those are yeah. you know, those are previous regime reasons to not make trades. Or those are that that would be the the and and maybe and and look, maybe it just comes down to this. Maybe you think MC, not you, but but the person who didn't like these trades. Yeah, maybe these two things. Maybe you think MCW is better than than they do or I do. And that's fine. And and that that can be your your reason for it, and maybe you wanted them to keep KJ McDaniel's at all costs, and and I, I like I don't know what to say that that's just a disagreement on how good you think MCW is or how much you think KJ McDaniel's is worth, you know. But um, I I just I think those are I think it would be hard to to look at Michael Carter Williams' production so far and see that this is not a good deal for him you know, so yeah. that's all.
2: It's, it's the Lakers pick is so good, has the potential to be incredible. And it's not, it's just not something you can pass up on for, for a sake of, oh, well, I like the guy. Our fans seem to like the guy. That's just not going to happen. It's just, it just, I, I wish people, I think people are going to get it. Um, I'm sure the media at various stages are going to totally kill hinky and the sixers for doing this yeah but it's really it's if people are saying like this is cold like trading your second year point guard coming off rookie of the year is cold okay maybe but like if it if it takes coldness to get to we want the best players then fine then yeah it's cold sure whatever He'll it get over it. it. He's it's not, not from it. here.
0: You didn't move him yeah. from his home. I
2: you know it's and he's hard. going to the bucks, and then we're gonna make the playoffs this year. It's good for, good for MCW. Like he's in a better situation now. He doesn't have to score as much, he'll just distribute.
0: And it's hard on his life. You know, getting up and moving your life when is if he's comfortable here, those things are hard on your luck, but it like it's part of the gig. Again, is it cold? Okay, maybe. Let's say it is cold. Is coldness a reason not to do the deal? No. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's, it's not a good enough reason. If, if being human, you're not killing him, you know, you're not, you're not cutting off his feet. So as long as he can still make a living and he's going to play for a better team now and a coach that, that likes him, is it tough on him? Yes. But that is not a, that's not a reason to not make the trade, you know, is that it's going to MCW has to sell his house, you know, that those, those are part of the That's part of the gig.
2: And, and I would say that if the Sixers knew that McDaniels would only sign the one-year contract, I don't think they would have drafted him.
0: Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you.
2: They, they, he bet on him, and he had enough plays earlier in the season to make it look like he was going to get something, and the Sixers are like, we're not on board with this. It Someone's going to give him a big deal. We don't want him to walk for nothing. Let's just get
0: something. It is and interesting that Houston traded for him. You it know, is. It, I
2: think I think they might just think he's a he's a helpful, uh, young runny, kind of defensive guy for the playoff run, right. and they maybe he'll get gifts like a hometown discount. I
0: don't know because they didn't give up much, you know. So no, they in, didn't give up much. in in their yeah. in their world. They
2: didn't in their world. That's that's like perfectly fine for just like a half a season, pickup. You know,
0: and and the reality is that team is not. Dwight Howard's hurt. All the, if they they probably got to win soon. You know, James Harden's nice guy to build on, but and I still think I think actually Dwight Howard's a little underrated at this point, but he doesn't play a lot because he's hurt all the time. So you probably have to when when you and the West seems sort of wide open this year, tough but wide open. I think you you kind of have to call any the next couple of years. You can't say I'm not trading a second round pick for a guy that can help me in the playoffs because who knows who that second round pick could be? Not if you're the Rockets. Maybe for the Rockets exactly. four years ago, but not the Rockets today. So
2: the way the way I look at MCW is like like Drew was like your steady girlfriend who then broke up with you or you broke up with and you're just like still and you like MCW was the first person that you latched onto, like as fans. And he was like, Hey, he's fun, like it's great. Like really he was just a rebound. Like he was just a rebound, and if you like step back and look at it like was not a difference maker in your life. And so I think if you find that, you know, we're going to have an article, uh, an email thread tomorrow. Tanner Tanner compared him to Lila Garrity of Friday Night Lights. You got to find your Lila Garrity. You got to find, you got to find the one that's going to like really do it for you. And if it's, if you're just being like, yeah, I'm like, I'm okay with this one. You don't settle for an eight seed. Like you just can't for like mediocre. And that, that, the, what bums me out about people like I don't think there's many Sixers fans that are that upset about the MCW thing, but the ones that are, it's like, didn't we just come out of 10 years of like mediocre? Isn't that what we're like trying actively not to relive? So I think this is like, we have so many picks, we have so many assets coming forward. And again, it's less than two years since Hinky got here. Yeah. It hasn't been that long. It feels like it's been a while. I get it. But it hasn't been that long. It's been less than two years.
0: Yeah, I said that to somebody today. He was he was um, bummed about the trade, and he said, "What was the exact thing?" Um,
1: la, 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 la. There's just a lot of oh. like,
0: when's it gonna be yeah, over? The, and the like, people that years. are running things aren't going aren't doing so good. They've been talking they've been talking about this rebuilding for years, and it, it really it hasn't even been years yet. <laughs> it no. hasn't even been two yet. So. So it yeah. feels
2: like a lot and, and Hinky's an easy scapegoat because it's like they're doing they're being bald about how obvious their their lust for Pixar. But again, like what we talked about before is they're just thinking more long term than anybody else, and that will be their way to get an edge on the league.
0: And I don't think I don't think they pushed back the timeline one inch today. And I actually think they may have moved the timeline up by giving themselves really valuable assets to make a big deal if they need to. So I I don't think the timeline was pushed back like one second today, not even a little bit. So
2: Yeah, I mean you saw (laughs) – we've seen stuff that like what Harden traded for – what uh, Houston traded for Harden and what Boston traded for both Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, like those are less – than what the Sixers have like the Sixers have like Ryan Gomes was like a centerpiece of that deal. Like and Al Jefferson who was like one year out of high school and wasn't Al Jefferson right now. So it's like if a team is looking, if you have all, I mean the Sixers tried to do it with Iverson for years, just like, Hey, what's the best trade? What's the best trade? And when you're looking for it, like you just want like a, like a, a number of like lottery tickets and picks and like a possibilities. The Sixers can make that trade with four guys right now. And still have a bunch on the other side to like supplement that star if they well, pull him out. So if yeah, it's Paul George or whatever.
0: They, they could trade two legitimate – they could trade the Lakers pick and the Heat pick and they could tr- – and throw in, I don't know, one of their guys, throw in Jeremy Grant. That's a legitimate package for something right there. You know what I mean? Like that package right, and you still have Joel Embiid, you still have New Orleans Noel, you still have your top pick this year. I, I think they have they have a lot of stuff to trade, more stuff than I would have imagined that they would have had given what, what they came into it with. By the way, and you it, look at you look at what
2: start what he started with, what Hinkie like walked into a couple yeah. years ago, May two thousand thirteen, which was like 18, 19 months ago, and like what he has now, it's like it's insane. Like I I don't think. Any of us think that Hinky is like this doing these unbelievable things. He's not like hoodwinking people by like surprise. It's just like, hey, we want to have the best chance of drafting a superstar. It's all very logic based, just ballsy because you're subjecting yourself to more of the ire of the media. But as long as the ownership keeps signing on the dotted line, it's like, then yeah, like we're going to keep trying to get the best superstar, the best talent we can.
0: Right? Yeah, right. Do you want a jigsaw? Do you want to tell the story of the how you got into a fight? Oh, shit! Okay, yes. So, I have time. So, yeah. I am... I, I don't remember the year, but I am still fat. So, I am probably... <laughs> so, this is your
2: first fight ever? This is your only fight ever?
0: Well, I got punched in the face really hard once in high school, but that wasn't a fight. So, this is my only fight. I threw a punch. It was a real fight. So I'm maybe –
2: On the podcast on your honeymoon, you told us a story of how you almost got in a fight. Yes. But you didn't get did fight. Did
0: not get in a fight. This was an actual fight. So I'm 23 or maybe 24. And we went we, – I was friendly with a cover band in Philadelphia, actually who still plays, called Octane. And Octane would play – was the first like cover band in the area to play harder edged stuff. Like they, I was on YSP at the time and they were playing – I don't know, Godsmack and uh, Disturbed and stuff like that. So, But they would play normal cover bars, normal places. So we were at a place – I don't know if Reed's Bluebell is still there, but we're at Reed's Bluebell. And we're standing in the middle of the floor in front of the band and this dipshit, this just goon, starts trying to start a mosh pit at a cover band bar. He starts running into people. So I – and mind you, I'm not a fighter, but I've always thought if I act like I can fight, people will usually back off, and that still works to the day most of the time. Works a lot less at at 150 pounds than it did at 230, but it still works occasionally. So <laughs> You're only I, 150? Yeah. So I Crazy. I grab the guy, I grab him by the arm, and I said, I was like, "Stop it!" I was like, "Nobody's doing that. Not cool." And he pushes my arm off, starts doing it again, running into people, grab him by the arm again. And I'm like, stop it. Now, also, I have a little bit of muscle because I'm really friendly with the band at this point. And I know if anybody gets thrown out of here, it's not going to be me. So the guy comes up. The guy stops but comes up to my friend and I later. And I was a fat guy and my roommate was skinny guy. And as luck should have it, the guy that was trying to start the mosh pit was a fat guy and his friend was a skinny guy. And he goes (laughs) – I will see you in the parking lot after tonight, And I go, okay, I'll see you there. Like no one ever waits for somebody in the parking lot. Well, well, in this case, he waited for me in the parking lot. So we're walking out and who's standing by the exit but this – and he's like, you ready? So I was like (laughs) – so fear – all throughout my body. Just total fear. Oh, and I said I'm 23 and 24. I'm 38 now. So this was a long time ago. So so I was like, well, we're not going to fight up here, like in the front of the parking lot because there were a ton of people there. I was like, we got to fight back there. And I point to the back of the parking lot. And the whole time I'm thinking as we're walking to the back of this gravel parking lot, will, will somebody just say we're not going to fight? I, we, we cannot fight. What are we even fighting about? But I'm not gonna back off and I'm not gonna run away. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fight. So we get back there, and the the little guy, I'm trying to think what happens. The little guy jumps on my No, okay. The two my roommate and the other guy start fighting and end up on the ground. And the fat guy starts in on my roommate who's on the ground. And I go and kick that guy. It has no effect at all. So the Where would you kick him? I kicked him in the back or in the side. I didn't kick him that hard because I was scared. I Like I was yeah. scared of hurting somebody. So he comes after me and the two skinny guys are fighting. So me and the other fat guy, I have his shirt grabbed with my left hand. He has my shirt grabbed with his hand. I look over. My roommate is kicking the ass of the other guy hockey fight style, has his jacket pulled up over his head and is punching him. That is, if you ever get in a fight, pulling a guy's jacket up over the back of his head so he can't move is the way. Yeah. So this guy's looking at me, and the guy's even bigger than me. And I think, all right, Brett, which is my real name. I was like, you got to do something. So I punch him in the face, and Mike, it didn't do anything. I mean, <laughs> it didn't do anything. So I punch him in the face again, and it doesn't do anything. And all I can think is, I'm scared to death of getting hit. All I can think is, if I don't keep punching this guy, he's going to punch me. So I just keep punching. And in my head, this lasted a long time, but it probably only lasted 10 seconds. (laughs) As I hit him with another punch that doesn't do anything, police pull into the parking lot. Not for us, but pull into the parking lot. Um, We stop fighting because nobody certainly wants to get arrested over this this ridiculous fight. Yeah, you're fat guys. You don't want to get arrested. And as we're walking away, the skinny guy says to us, yeah, we fucking kicked your ass. My roommate was having none of it. Jumps at him. Starts running again. I put my arms around him. Walk him away. Get in the car. I swear we were driving away as if I was on speed and... <laughs> every drug like i was so wired that we had a pull over went to a diner it's the diner on 202 on the way back from Reed's Bluebell and talked about this fight for an hour as if it was <laughs> ali versus F- fraser like that is how <laughs> Did you sp- wait did you take did you take any punches No did not take one punch Wow yeah so there you go Wow that's my one fight, and I consider I tied, and he won, so we won the fight. I would say
2: I gotta get another one. I feel like I feel like we need to do like a Ricky on like Saturday or Sunday, because like we just did trade stuff, we gotta talk other stuff too.
0: I could do it on Sunday. We could do that. You wanna do one on Sunday? Do you wanna
2: give me a? Do you wanna give me a, a jigsaw? Uh, a jigsaw, or no? Yeah, yeah, let's do it.
0: I right. I still haven't done a new uh, Doug Collins mix, so here you go. Oh. I thought of that this this week when my wife is really good for bringing lunch to work in a Tupperware container. And then when she's done her lunch, closing up the Tupperware container and leaving it in her for a month and a half. Then putting said Tupperware container in the sink without telling me that there's been stuff infesting in there for six weeks. And I open it and the scent almost kills me. Like almost <laughs> just literally kills me. So here's what I thought of Here's your choice. There is a 24-ounce Tupperware container with tuna salad in it, okay? The tuna salad is sealed up and then stuck outside summer for four weeks. Tuna salad made with mayonnaise. You have to eat one of two things. You have to eat all of that tuna salad Mm -hmm. in one sitting or for one month, you have to put ghost pepper extract in everything that you eat. Everything. You can drink whatever you want, but when you're consuming foodstuffs, you must put ghost pepper extract. In case you didn't know, ghost pepper is the hottest pepper and the extract yeah, of which is just um the heat of is just the heat of the ghost pepper. Okay,
2: so it's either eat this one Tupperware of old tuna salad. Yep. Or or ghost pepper on everything I eat for how long? One month. Uh, how much ghost pepper? Like enough what? where it's like bad. Like I I don't know what's like the value.
0: It's edible, but it's bad. Like you're um, sweating every time.
2: Yeah yeah yeah. I'm I'm a I'm just like a let's get it over with guy. Okay. For most, I think if you like study, there's got to be analytics on this jigsaw on these all the jigsaws because I'm <laughs> I feel like most of the time I'm like let's just do it let's just do this now and not just worry about it the rest of my life you know right. if that's if those are options so I'm I'll go with the tuna salad because I'm an animal in terms of what I eat I can just eat
0: just I can just go just wolf it down as as one's yeah, mom would yeah,
2: say yeah for sure okay but yeah but having to do a month of like everything I mean that'd be so, I'd be so sad eating is such like a joy for me and if like a whole month I'm just like oh, fucking shit all right. Yeah. Give me the okay. You
0: know. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I I think the the hot thing. Even though my taste buds are sort of used to the hot thing, the ghost yeah. pepper thing would crush me. It would just crush me. Yeah. Yeah. And I like spicy food.
2: Yeah. But not enough to where I'd be like all about a ghost pepper deal.
0: You know? I agree with you. I agree with you.
2: All right. So last, let's do last thoughts on the deadline. Last you thoughts. First. Um. Are you happy? Like you don't seem like happiness. You got very argumentative uh, no. for the for the moves, but are you happy?
0: No, I'm I'm excited that we got an exciting deadline. I'm a little less I'm not, I'm not happy because I didn't hate MCW. Like last year I was so happy they traded Evan Turner. You know, like right. I, and and Kevin and and KJ even though I wasn't a big fan, had some fun moments fun. and like yeah. both guys like if both guys were playing well in a game, you know, there were there were good moments in there and i think we might get some uglier basketball as the year like maybe the year isn't the rest of the year isn't quite as good. I don't know, who knows. But i'm not but i'm i'm i approve and i'm glad they did it, but i'm not like woo, you know, we got rid of MCW yeah. and KJ. So right. That the uh
2: your Evan Turner tweet at the deadline last year remains. I don't favorite many tweets. So if I've favored one of your tweets, it means like this is one of my favorite tweets. Which you one know? was it? It's it's the it's the picture of of your uh your website, uh Sixers wow. uh, NBA trade deadline, two thousand fourteen Sixers trade Evan Turner for and then it's like a bunch of R's as you like collapse died right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your computer really solid really really thank solid. you thank you um,
0: wait. We never talked about Choo Choo. Well, we brought him up. There's nothing to yeah, talk
2: like, I mean, I, I, I honestly watched tape of him. I, there was this uh, – Mark Deeks, I think, posted, oh a, posted a video of, of, a, of a game of him playing in Mongolia. And I watched it. Doesn't look bad. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. I mean, he's very tall compared to the other players. The Mongolian size in the league is very uh, minimal. But he looked good. He's He had touch, uh, both – Around the basket and to his teammates, a lot of passing. He can block some shots. I wouldn't I wouldn't just discount Choo Choo from, from ever coming over. Is okay. what I'll say.
0: Okay. I don't
2: disagree. I, I, I have no that, opinion. I am inter- sorry, keep going.
0: No, I just have no opinion. <laughs> so. Okay.
2: I'll try to maybe I'll see if we can get like a highlight package so we can start pumping him up.
0: I would love a guy to play on the team named Choo Choo. I mean that's I so easy, you know. I know.
2: It was great. I was laughing at like I don't think I've ever laughed harder at like an acquisition in my life. His Twitter were some really was awesome. really good jokes like rattling off. Kyle Newbeck had had one about Chugga Chugga, and I I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I lost it for that one. Um all right, so my final thoughts, do you want to hear my final yes. thoughts? Back? Yeah. I'm very happy. It's sad because I like MCW, and I like KJ as as people that are around. But I think this sets us up so nicely for the future, to where with MCW you had to. I mean, I I still don't think about fit that much yet. But you already had a roster, a, a starting lineup, ostensibly with two guys that couldn't shoot in Michael Carter Williams and Nerlens Noel, and that's hard. That's hard to have two guys that really can't shoot in your in your starting lineup. And now one of them is gone, and we can start to be more flexible with what we what we look for in in players. Even though I'm still not thinking about fit right away, that was sort of nagging at the back of my mind. You know?
0: Yes, I 100% agree with you. I I, I certainly I'm just I'm hard, just happy is not the emotion where I'm at right now. But I'm I'm glad. I am I am I approve of the um, I yeah. approve of the mo- the moves and the future. Like, I, I think this is great. And again, I do not think this moves anything backwards at all, even a little bit.
2: Very Right. Very excited to—I mean, I, we don't have to root for the Heat anymore. You almost kind of want to root against them because you yeah. know they're going to win enough games.
0: Yeah. So you
2: sort of want them to, like, get—like, if they get the eighth spot or something, whatever. Yeah. Um, at least the playoffs are going to be more fun now. This sets us up for a nice, fun playoffs.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. But so the Heat's pick is going to be ours. We're going to have two first-round picks at least— uh, it's gonna be fun to root for the Lakers. That's gonna be funny. Yep. Uh And it's gonna be fun to root for the Thunder. That's a team. I mean, we have like now we have teams that we can root for. You Yeah. Know?
0: Absolutely. It's
2: like we got all these. We got all these teams. These are like
0: Sixers adjacent. The lottery party could be pretty epic. That's all I'm saying. I think it could be. I, I at least
2: want the to, the Lakers to have a shot to get out of the top five.
0: Yes. To be five going into it.
2: If they're five, that'd be huge. If they're yeah. four, then that's really stretching
0: it. Yeah. I'm
2: with you. But but if they're five, then I think then I think we're we're in
0: for a fun time. All right. Well, happy trade deadline. It's been two successful years of it so far. So
2: it really has. It really has. We'll uh, we'll talk again in a couple of days. All right.
0: Talk to you Sunday.
1: Choo Choo-choo. choo. Choo choo. Kachu. We are the murderers pair. There with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurting despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke power to the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Woo!
2: Woo! Step into the spotlight. Woo!
1: Of uppers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be known Dropping a thousand a much. Come
0: the clouds on the missile to the